welcome to Trey Bond. Welcome. Hello, folks. Hello. We are your friendly neighbourhood Bond enthusiasts. As always, my name is Jake Spear. Hello, Jake. Hello. I'm joined by Dr. Darby Deck. Hello, listeners. Not actually a doctor. No, Um, my grandfather was. Oh, very good. Very good. And, of course, our man (laughs) on the ground, our expert in the field, Mr. Brandon McClelland. Reporting for duty. Uh, Good. There it is. Hello, dear listeners, all of you out there, wherever and however you are joining us today. It's a pleasure. Uh, We certainly hope your week has been Trey Bond. Oh, very good. Very good. Very good. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Gents, let's get straight into it. Brandon, our mission today. Our mission today, it's episode 008. It is 1967's You Only Live Twice. Oh, Bond goes to Japan. Oh, wow. Very exciting. Directed by Lewis Gilbert. Uh-huh. Written by Jake. Darby, you know this because we had a bit of a chat before We had this. a bit of a chat oh, What's all this spoiled? business? And I think Jake is going to have his little mind blown. Jake, who do you think wrote the screenplay to You Only Live Twice? You Only Live Twice. What year is it? It's 1967. 67. This... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this man, I know, is very important to you. Oh God! Mm. Imp- I would say important to all. Important all to our gen- yeah. generation yeah. in particular. But we grew up reading mm. his, his work. His work. We were obsessed with his work. Sixties. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This was probably before he became what he was known for, really? You know what, no, I have someone no, in mind. No, start writing. No, I think he was, he was pretty he was established. On, he was established by yeah, the he, no, was, he would have had to He have was been, very right? established. Yeah, right. I have someone in mind. Uh-huh. Yeah? Roald Dahl. Yeah! yeah. Oh, wow! Roald Dahl. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, go. children's author, Roald Dahl, wrote the screenplay mm. for this. Or did a polish. Or no, wrote he it. wrote the whole he thing. He wrote the screenplay. Oh yeah. wow! He took uh, he took the story from from the novel essentially. Yeah. Uh, there was another fella who worked on the story. Um, I yep. don't know his name. Um, we'll find it out in the credits after the film. Uh, <laughs> but it's essentially he's taken most of what's in the novel of You Only Live Twice and rejigged it, reworked it a little bit. Okay. But it's uh, this is very Roald Dahl. Mm, I have seen this one mm-hmm. um, a while ago. And I can't remember much. Yeah. Mm. But I'm I, a bit the same. You're a bit the same. Bit there the you same. go. When was the last time you think you saw this Bond film, Brandon? Probably 2018, maybe 2017. Okay. That's not too it's long a while ago. ago. But for me, that's yeah. a long time ago. It's a it's, distant Bond it, It's a now. film that... Because I, when, I, when I watch all the Bond films every mm. year, mm. Um, I never watch them in order. Uh, I just kind of go through... Whatever you're in the mood for yeah, at the time. I, I look at them on the shelf and I go, oh, yep, I haven't watched that this year. Mm. I haven't watched that. Okay, we watched that. And, mm. you know, blah, blah, blah. Mm. You Only Live Twice is one that I think always kind of slips through the crack. Where I always think, oh, yeah, yeah, I would have seen You Only Live Twice. Recently. Mm. And then okay. it'll be two years later and I'm like, oh, Christ, I actually haven't sat down and watched this. Mm. It's not one of the ones that ever jumped out at me as a kid. It's not one of the ones. Wonder if it's that... got any little hidden surprises for you. That's interesting. I hope so. Mm. I hope so because mm. I've been to Japan. Ah, uh, since then. Uh, since yeah, yeah, since then, and I, I really fell in love with the place. Mm. Um, I think I last saw it pre Skyfall, probably the 2011 region, oh, wow. 2011 2012 maybe. That is a very long, long time, time ago. ago. 
I have never seen this film. Mm. Yeah, unsurprising. Well, <laughs> you haven't seen anything. <laughs> Where does this sit in the George George Nobody? What am I saying? In the Roger Moore no. canon? Try again. It's not a Roger Moore film. Oh. This isn't a Roger Moore. 1967, you fool. This is another Connery. Yeah, this is another is. Connery. Well, you really know absolutely, no, absolutely, absolutely nothing. nothing. You know Sweet F.A. <laughs> what year is it, Jake? Okay. <laughs> I don't know. Where am I? Well, Where who are, are you? Okay, you really are going into this very cold. Mm. So this is simultaneously yes. uh, Sean Connery's, it's both his last and his second last film. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, this is this one. This is this one. Yeah. This After this, this, we get on a Majesty's Secret Service. Oh. Had you convinced you? Had you prepared yourself to see a Roger Moore film? I had prepared uh, to see uh, a ah. Mr. Moore tonight. Well, you're getting back to back Connery, baby. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, after my experience with Connery and Goldfinger, which you know is a little mm, tepid. Yeah, say. yeah, mm. yeah. I, I, for all of us, except for for possibly you, Darby. I think you you rated Goldfinger more highly than, than what did both I of give us. Give it again. I think you gave it a seven. Yeah, yeah. And I, I think, think it, we both gave it a six. You were on a yeah. six. Yeah. yeah. I've, I've done a little bit of reading about uh, You Only Live Twice, just mm. in the lead up to oh, this. Yeah. And one thing that I thought was really interesting that we would love to talk about is the fact that Connery had been giving his... had been sounding off at the fact that he was probably leaving. So what I, I find this is a really interesting turning point for the franchise because what I came across was that the producers were the, for the first time aware that we have to make Bond bigger than Connery. Yes. Mm. And we have to make Bond the most exciting movie-going experience imaginable. So I think, given where we've been leaning in this journey, mm. that seems right up our alley. Yes. Could be. Mm. Yeah, yeah could that be. pricked my ears. Yeah, I yeah. like exciting Bond. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah Connery... and, and the idea of the legacy and understanding the whole thing and yeah. as, a, as a, you know... Mm. Well, yeah, this this common thread that keeps popping up in a, in a few of our episodes of Bond transcending the actors that play. Yes, and exactly. when people formulate their idea of Bond, it goes beyond a Connery or a Pierce or. or a, so yeah. was this the first time that the people responsible were doing that in their in their minds? Were they actually, or do you think it was in the in the zeitgeist? I don't know. I don't mm. know. I've heard very different. Um, I've heard very different takes on this. Sure, that there was the. There's the school of thought that Broccoli and Saltzman were a little bit like, we'll get him back. Sure. We'll give him a bit more money and we'll get him back. Mm. Uh, and then there's the other school of thought saying that they were like, nope, Bond is bigger than Connery, like you said. Mm. And um, whatever happens, happens. And we'll, we'll move on and the films will survive outside of him. Mm. Um, that said, they still marketed, from memory, they marketed this film uh, very strongly as Sean Connery is James Bond, right? You know, like that was is still the main James vehicle Bond yeah, trapped in the machine yeah, yeah. there? <laughs> which which audiences wanted to see? They were used I mean, to it. Yeah. They, by this point, it had been five five years. Isn't that insane to think? Yeah. It had been five years since Doctor No, wow, that's and we the... are up to his fifth film. Wow. Because it was 62, 63, 64, what an instant impact. and then 65. Mm. So those films all came out year after year. Then they took a year off in 66, and now in 67, they have You Only Live Twice. And by that point, Sean Connery was fairly public in his um, 
he didn't like the fact that people wouldn't give him a private life. Oh, really? okay. he, he found the trappings of fame associated with Bond really tiresome and tedious, mm. which is understandable because I think the Bond actors nowadays and since him definitely have a large amount of fanfare. Mm. But his was like Beatlemania really? style. Like we are talking... Get off a plane he to a crowd full of screaming yeah, people. He couldn't live... A normal life. Wow. Gee. And I think that would take... That would wear on anyone. Absolutely. Yeah. Where's that film? Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Sean Connery. Where's that, that doco? Yeah, yeah. For sure. But, I mean, the man's notoriously private. Mm. Good on him. Mm. I think, you know, all the best to him. Mm. Um, so, it, it is kind of the tragedy that we'll never get a doco like that because... Mm. Sean Connery's a very private and, and secret man. Secretive mm. man. Yeah. But um, well, here's one for you. Oh yeah, we first meet Bond. Yeah, <laughs> as we should, in my opinion, always meet Bond. I have no idea where this is going. Mm. In a casino. Oh, very, very affluent casino. Naturally. Naturally, beautiful, ornate gold and crystal ornaments everywhere. Purple mm. wallpaper. Heavy, yes, very, yep. very heavy. Purple. <laughs> royal purple. Oh, royal, of course. Yes, very yeah. heavy royal purple. Curtains and wallpaper. Green. Lovely. There's got to be lots of dark green. Oh yes. Oh yes. Delicious. Color. Delicious. Dinner jackets and gowns everywhere. The crowd parts, and mm. we see the tuxedo of our James sitting <gasps> at a poker table. Do we push towards him ever so slowly? Ever so slowly, <laughs> we do, leaning in. There are he, Bond is joined by two opponents around Ooh. the around poker table. It's been a very long and arduous game of No Limit Texas Hold'em poker. Ooh. Mm. The night's the night is long and, and weary, and uh, the stakes are now very high for Bond. There's a lot of money getting thrown around the table, and we look down into what Bond's time period are we in? Yeah, <laughs> well, te- actually... well, Texas Hold'em poker. Yeah. I, let's go it's into good, this because yeah. Texas Hold'em poker. I would say we're in a post Casino Royale world. Mm. Oh, that's which is good. Can I, I ask? I mean, the, the, the day the, core of the room suggests 60s. Well, it does. Or classical. Maybe, maybe it's a retro... Maybe it's a retro, retro thing. Maybe yeah. it's an event. What type of suits are you wearing? <laughs> yeah. Is it, a, is it a, a black... Oh, it's a black dinner jacket. Oh, it's a black wonderful. tuxedo short with a bow collar? tie. Oh, no, not a short collar. Does his shirt oh, okay. have little He's got frills? Oh, it does not. It's not it a ruffled shirt a at all. No no. Can I ask, is it Bond's money or is it... <laughs> Is it our government's it's, money? It's taxpayer money. Oh my god. How much so is the he stakes down? are really high. <laughs> How much is he down right now? What are the specifics? <laughs> yeah, is he down or is he up? It's late in the game. This hand of poker will determine whether or not he goes bust. Okay, alright. All right, continue. <laughs> Do you remember where you were? Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. We look down into his hands to see that he's holding the six and seven of hearts. Ooh. Okay, not, he, not great. He's a risky yeah. player. He yeah, likes to gamble. Yeah. He hasn't thrown him in yet. He's mm-hmm. going to see where this goes. Lucky he did, mm. because the turn has been made. Mm. There are three cards lying face up on the green velvet poker table now. Mm-hmm. Those cards are the ace, the jack, and the ten of hearts. He's got a flush. He's got a flush. Mm. A, a, a significant hand. But can right. he win Wait, it? What does he have? A six and a seven? He has of, a six and hearts. seven of hearts. Oh, he has a flush. Yes. And there yes. are three yes. hearts on the table. <clears throat> yeah. A considerable hand, but is it enough to win it? We don't know. Bond looks to his two opponents looking for some kind of sign, some kind of tell about giving away their hand. Nothing. It's two opponents. Nothing. 
<laughs> he looks over to the to the dealer. Mr. Bond, it's time to place your bets. Would you would you like to raise? Would you care to raise the bet? Bond's palms are sweating. They're starting to moisten now. He looks down to his six and seven. The flush, is it enough to win? He looks back to the dealer. He says, No, I don't think I'll be raising. I think I'll be checking. I'll be fact checking. It's mm-hmm. fact check. <laughs> oh, lovely, lovely, lovely. Best one yet. Yes, I'll I give that a shake good. and nine. It's no. <laughs> it stood up to scrutiny. It did. It, it, <laughs> it holds it water. It was considered. <laughs> this is what we need from our fact checks. <laughs> I feel a spin off podcast coming on. Uh, fact checks on fact checks. Goldfinger, gentlemen. Yes. Let me guess. Brandon. (laughs) I will say this. The first fact check that I came across didn't appear until 53 minutes into the episode. Really? That's a new record. That's quite significant. Is it? Almost a full hour before I started to pick things to pieces. And boy, did I pick things to pieces. Right. They started coming thick and fast. We just kind of unraveled it. (laughs) (laughs) The first one, uh, and this was sort of... um, this was sort of neatly wrapped up in conversation, but I'd like to just go back and... Of course. It's always good It's good to find out if we were right. Just yeah, to clarify. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. What film does Indiana Jones wear the red carnation as opposed to... Coronation. <laughs> Brandon said it appears in the third film. Yes, on I the white dinner jacket. Darby yeah, said, no, it's third. the second. Yeah. 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 And then Brandon said, oh, no, maybe you're right, it is the second. It is 1984's Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, the mm-hmm. second Indiana Jones film. Although Darby did say the third Indiana Jones film is the finest one. Mm-hmm. Last Crusade. Last Crusade. According to Rotten Tomatoes. Incredible film. I really enjoy it. Mm-hmm. I love the Connery... Uh, I Ooh. love the, the, Ooh, yes. that desert tank chase. Oh thing. my God, oh it's my amazing. God. It's amazing. Amazing. It's a great film. According to Rotten Tomatoes, mm-hmm. the order of the Indiana Jones films yes. is as follows. The Temple of Doom, 85%. Ooh. The Last Crusade, 88%. Raiders is 95%. Oh, Raiders is brilliant. Raiders is But good. it doesn't mean that... But Last Crusade is the one that I would I'd gravitate to. It, uh, me too. And yeah. let me guess... Crystal Skull. 99. It's certified fresh. It's 100%. The Belly Dancer. Oh, yes. That appears in the pre-title sequence. Yeah. Well, you're about to find out. The Belly Dancer in the pre-title sequence is also in From Russia With Love, according to Brandon. Oh, yes. One of these bold statements. He said the actress may not play a belly dancer. Look, I've been drinking. She is in From Russia With Love. Brandon, you are correct. Yeah, boy. The character we are referring to is Bonita, the young belly dancer at the El Scorpio nightclub who is secretly working for major heroin smuggler oh. Mr. Ramirez in the pre-title sequence. Yeah. Bonita is played by the Serbian actress Naja Regin. Brandon, you were correct because Naja appears in From Russia With Love and is credited as Kurum's Mistress. Oh, Karim. Karim, yeah. thank you. Yet oh, it's the mistress, of she course. She plays the mistress. It's Kar- Karim Bey. Does she Karim Bey. No, well, she lies we're on gonna some... we're going to find out, I guess. Yes, actually. She she lies on a lounge, a chaise lounge, oh. 
Uh, but I'm not going to say what happens next because it spoils a very important Spoiler. part of the film. Uh, a, a little sad. Naja unfortunately passed away only last year. Oh. Uh, at the age of 87 years old. Ah, good run. Well, that's a good innings. It's a good run. Well, to, a her. Good run yes, to her. To her. Nice. Who is the female lead in What Women Want? Helen Meg Hunt. Ryan. Helen Hunt. I said it was Helen Hunt. Brandon said, or was it the You've Got Male Lady? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 2000s What Women Want follows Nick Marshall, played by Mel Gibson, an advertising executive who finds his life changed when he discovers he can actually hear what women are thinking. Or what women would like. Want. Would, would, want. would like. Yes. Sorry. Directed by Nancy Myers, the female lead. Directed by Nancy Myers. Yes. Nancy Myers. She is brilliant. She's got I a love whole Nancy. fan base. Yeah. Mm. She's got a thing. Isn't up. that crazy that she was never recognised by the Academy? Yeah. She has done. Every so time I much. hear that a film's been made by her, I'm like, I love that fucking film. Yep. Mm. Uh, she's, goes worked to with show. Yeah. she's worked with the best. She knows what she's doing. The female lead in What Women Want is Helen Hunt. The You've Got <coughs> Male yeah, Lady Brandon yeah. was referring to is more commonly known as three-time Golden Globe nominee Meg Ryan. Meg Ryan. Nominee. <laughs> <laughs> you got to win them for me to remember you, baby. <laughs> Brandon, you See. said that you thought the Fontainebleau still exists. And in the 1960s, the Fontainebleau was the Miami Hotel. Bond is getting massaged by Dink. You said that in the 60s was a very classy place to go. Nowadays, from what he's read, not just the internet folks, he was more specific this time. He said TripAdvisor. The Fontainebleau has become one of those tacky beach resorts. It's lost its sheen. It's apparently filled with Instagram influencers and people who are unsavoury. Not that there's anything wrong with that. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You wouldn't expect to see Bond at the Fontainebleau now. That was the... the that was the statement. That, that was, was said. That, that, that was, was that in quotations. Was that was the quote. Thoughts, statements, and opinions are of the individuals, <laughs> not of Trey Bond or the United States of Kensington. <laughs> the Fontainebleau does still exist. Uh, and you can actually book a room there for around $600 a night. That you US? Want to. US. That's $600 a night. The overall TripAdvisor rating for the Fontainebleau... Um, calculated from 16,633 okay. reviews. This should be accurate. Is four out of five. That's pretty good. <laughs> customers you know what you're talking about. Customers yeah. seem very satisfied with the location, cleanliness, and service. However, people weren't overly satisfied with the value for money. <laughs> there are Keep cur- your ass out the minibar. <laughs> there are currently. 26,990 Instagram posts with the hashtag Fontainebleau. So you might find a few tacky Instagram influencers floating around the Fontainebleau, Mm. perhaps. Yeah. Tacky. That's the best word for it. That that I should have said tacky. If I didn't, I should have said tacky. Not as classy as it might have once been. It's a bit... Yeah. Mm. Mm. It's not the one and only. No. No, Which true. Bond has stayed at. Oh, he stayed at the other one too. Oh, yes. Now, I felt um, that I noticed. You felt that you noticed. I felt you that, felt I that noticed. you noticed or you noticed that you felt? I noticed that I felt that, that I noticed. I noticed. <laughs> <laughs> that, <laughs> that Goldfinger 
has a bit of a slice to the left in his golf shot from the tee off there. Did you say slice or did you say hook? Mm, I said slice. You did say slice. Ah. Darby thought he saw a slice to the right. I was adamant that it started off straight and then started to go towards the trees on the left. I then went on to say that if they held that shot for longer, Goldfinger would be in the sticks. Brandon rebutted by saying he thought I was crazy. Straight down the middle, baby. (laughs) Now, after consulting with the video referee, and although viewing the replay of the golf shot on a 2010 Sony Bravia, (laughs) certainly not the highest definition television. And you were watching on the DVD copy too, (laughs) No, I was actually watching on Stan. On Stan? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Shout out to our good friends at Stan. Stan, the Australian streaming service. For our Australian fans. Go and check out the Bond films on Stan. Do yourself a (laughs) favour. So it was a bit hard to see, but it does appear that the shot does have a slight curve to the left off the tee, mm-hmm. but does stay mostly straight. Yeah, baby. I will say that the direction of the ball was hard to see once it got into the sky. The ball sort of disappeared in the blue of the sky, so I couldn't really see where it was starting to fall. <laughs> well, so how I, did you see it on the day? Well, I would like to replay also, it. Also, is, is he is he left-handed or right-handed? Because that changes what a slice and exactly. A hook is. He's right-handed. He is right. So what I was describing was actually a hook. Uh, because the hook goes to the left, to the right. and Darby was correct. Ah, uh, see, that's uh, as the golfing so we, got term. we got terms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got. A, I got my my hooks and my slices mixed to our more. Um, golfing aficionado listeners, I apologise. Yeah. Mm. I apologise for Jake as well. Me too. Oh, I'm very, very, very sorry. sorry. We'll, very sorry. we'll reconsider whether or not he, he joins us for 009. But mm. Oh, hang on. We'll see. <laughs> I'll release a statement. You have <laughs> I know everything. <laughs> Why are all of Goldfinger's henchmen Asian? Yeah. Uh, um, yeah. I know why. Mm. I I can't believe... I must have had too many Vespa martinis. Possibly. Well, you did go on to say that there didn't seem to be any answers in the novels. Not that you could remember, at least. Uh, well, we... there is in the bloody film. Is there? Go on, please. No, no, no. I feel like I'm encroaching on you. All right. Well, we'll, we'll get to that. We all agreed on the but fact that... But it's China. <laughs> <laughs> we did all agree on the fact that Odd Job is Korean. That's stated in yes. the film. yeah. Um, but there was great confusion about the uh, nuclear expert's origin. Um, I thought that he was established as being from China. Uh, Brandon and Darby were very confused as to who I was talking about <laughs> and accused me of just being plain racist. Um, we alluded to it. <laughs> I want to hear quotes. Accused is such Accu- a dirty <laughs> word. It gets thrown around a lot these days. In the scene at Goldfinger's gold refinery in Geneva, Bond observes Goldfinger showing and explaining to Chinese nuclear physicist Mr. Ling how he smuggles his gold. As we know, Goldfinger hints to Bond that he does not intend to steal the gold, and Bond eventually deduces that Mr. Ling, who is an agent of the Red China government, has supplied a dirty bomb that Goldfinger will detonate inside the vault of Fort Knox to irradiate uh, the, the gold within and rendering it useless for 58 years. This will not only increase Goldfinger's own gold stores, but it gives the Chinese an advantage uh, after the, the potential yeah. economic chaos over the West. Okay. <clears throat> that so was something what, that did go over my what, head. What, what the hell? Because it's funny, thinking about that, yeah. um, over the last couple of days, I was like, yes, you idiot. Like... 
you know that communist China was involved. Mm. So mm. I said that I didn't know that communist China was involved. I don't think there was actually any talk of communist China at that, yeah, at that yeah, time. I think we, we were just, just confused as to that. why he was employing so many... We weren't even sure that they were Chinese. We were wondering where they were coming from. I think, why mummy, he... I think mummy had too much to drink. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> we should have cut her off a bit earlier. Oh, I think you should have. <laughs> but please don't cut me off tonight. <laughs> <laughs> we're having too much fun. Uh, best for martini. It goes down too well to cut uh, it off. Two more to go, gents. Oh, two more! Two more. Brandon said Fleming named Goldfinger after someone who actually existed. Yeah, an architect or something. Absolutely. Goldfinger was named after the Hungarian-born architect Erno Goldfinger, who had actually built a home for himself in Hampstead near Fleming's own house. Oh, wow. So there you go. Brandon, of course... So well, the... I've run my mouth the most out of all of us, so of course I'm the one getting fact-checked. <laughs> you said that Goldfinger was not originally released in Israel. There was a rumour that Goldfinger... <laughs> <laughs> Unsubstantiated. <laughs> the facts and opinions... <laughs> You said that there was a rumour that Gert Frobe was a Nazi. Oh my god. Well, <laughs> Jesus, I had had a lot to drink at night. That he actually Jesus fought Christ. that he actually fought with the Nazis in World War Two. That was the rumour. I didn't say that he had. Libel. And sometime after the release of the film it was actually revealed that Gert Frobe was responsible for helping a lot of Jewish people escape from the Nazis. Yeah, I stand by it. You should. Oh. According to a 2014 article by Eddie Dezen from the website todayifoundout.com. Sounds reputable. Very reputable. (laughs) Frobe joined the Nazi party at the age of 16. Once the theatres were closed down by the Nazis in September of 1944... The performing theatres? Yes. Oh, wow. Frobe was drafted into the German army and served under them until the end of the war. However, while Frobe was a member of the Nazi party, from a young age, he soon became um, very sort of reluctant in, in, in the ideals and beliefs of the Nazi party. As an adult, he didn't see eye to eye with, with the party and what it was becoming. And him. he even dared to try and leave the party in 1937. Frobe himself risked his life by hiding a Jewish family from the Gestapo during the war. This was actually mentioned in the very same interview with the Daily Mail that led to the headlines of the Bond films casting a real Nazi and, and tarnishing his, oh, his the reputation. Daily Mail. Jesus, they, that they slime, slime publication. Exactly. They took up the quote, oh, I was a member of the Nazi party, and they completely ignored the story that he went into. So you're saying even in the 60s, they were doing that kind of sensationalist bullshit? Yep. Yep. Oh, that Even is disgraceful. Then. That Even is disgraceful. Then. I'm going to say, uh, Brandon McClellan <laughs> thinks that's disgraceful. <laughs> <laughs> and my opinion is not representative of Trey Bond or United States against But these headlines, they were the reason why um, the, the film was banned and not released in Israel because of this particular interview. During that same interview, Frobe was quoted as saying that during the Third Reich, I had the luck to be able to help two Jewish people, although I was a member of the Nazi party. However, the damage from that interview and those headlines seemed to have been done until one of the people he saved 
Mario Blumenau showed up at the Israeli embassy in Vienna and Blumenau informed them that his life and that of his mother's were saved by Frobe when he hid them. They'd heard of how Frobe was being vilified and wanted to set the record straight. Shortly after this, the Israeli ban on Goldfinger was officially lifted. Oh, well, Bond hero. That is brilliant. Mm. How that amazing. Is brilliant. How amazing. What hell for a man to oh, go yeah. through. Ugh. To not only have to uh, find a way to survive Nazi Germany, yeah. but to then have to endure that kind of hardship vilification and post all of that <clears throat> because of honesty of all things because good, of him being open yeah, and honest yeah and open yeah. and honest about his experience yeah yeah, yeah. a good man incredible a good Just man amazing. Yeah. well that folks is fact checked oh, very good oh, well very done good. well done thank you well gentlemen that takes us on to my favourite segment <laughs> is coined by Mr. Jake Spear. It's preconceived notions. <laughs> I, do like, I do like the preconceived notions. I love yeah. my preconceived notions. <laughs> I love that we come in with a whole bundle of energy. I've been trying energy. to figure out some kind of wordplay to incorporate the word ocean, but I can't for the life of me. Uh, we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. <laughs> we'll figure it out. I think we should get a jingle going for these. For preconceived notions. Absolutely. Yeah. I'd like to hear a jingle for preconceived notions. So preconceived notions... Mm-hmm. I'm going to go with, because you've seen it, Darby, and because mm. you've done a little bit of light reading yeah, on yeah, it, yeah. I'm going to say, Jake, yes. lead us off. <sighs> you thought this was Roger Moore. You were dead wrong. <laughs> Some of us in the room are saying you're an imbecile. <laughs> so I'm guessing so what do you like those people? <laughs> mostly <laughs> your preconceived notions have formed in the last uh, 30 yes. years. Yes. 30 years. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You had very different preconceived notions coming into this. Yeah, I had a whole, I had a whole, uh, you know, days and days worth of time to, I to actually, dream up these. I want to interrogate this. You thought this was a Roger Moore film. <laughs> yeah. What were you preconceived? Not pre- letting it go. What were your preconceived notions? <laughs> I actually of Roger Moore's. You only live twice. <laughs> now I have been known to 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 bag out Mr. Moore, but have you? Well, when I first when I first yeah, started this Grandpa. journey, oh, I was Grandpa, yeah, 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 the yeah old Grandpa clan. Bond. You were very Grandpa. Well, I don't know. Cruel might be taking it Respect a bit far. Respect the dead, Jack. <laughs> God. Oh, <man>. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, I have <laughs> I've since and because of well, the only more film we've seen thus far, Live and Let Die. Mm. Um, I've really come around to Mr. Moore. Mm, I'm very excited to see another um, one. So and I, 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 I would be so up. bold. I really hope the next episode is a Moore. So, so do I. So do I. I mean, I would be so bold. in the hands bold. of the fates. Are you going to let me talk? Oh, oh my God! The attitude! My preconceived attitude on this fella. He doesn't even know that you only live twice as a Connery film, and then he has the audacity. I'm sorry that you sparked conversation oh, with your insight. Goodness me! Oh, goodness. Oh, I, look, Trayvon and the United States of Kensington apologise to we you. We have <laughs> Look, I could, I did buy in one too many times. I felt it, but I didn't care. I'm sorry that I offended you. Oh. The floor is yours. These are your yeah. preconceived notions. We won't talk. Is we that won't all right? Talk. We'll just let you thrash about in your own uncertain little pond. Well, is that too much to ask? God almighty. The clock starts now. <laughs> what I was saying, folks... Before I was rudely interrupted by my colleague. Can I just... Yeah, I I have to jump in here. (laughs) I would be so bold as to say that as this journey continues, Mm -hmm. I actually have the feeling that Roger Moore is going to become my favourite Bond. 
Oh, that's a preconceived notion. That's a mm. that, that's a that's a broad uh, broad preconceived notion. But well, that's a preconceived notion I actually have of Roger Moore myself. Actually, you. is that he will be your favorite? Oh, right, right. Oh, you've got a preconceived notion that about he's, me. He's forming yes, a preconceived. Yeah, it's notion. a very mm. meta Ooh, preconceived notion. Mm. But I will say this: I think he might be becoming my favorite James <gasps> Bond. Even, oh, even above Look, Mr. Really? Craig. Daniel Craig is James Bond for me. Mm. But if we're talking about, because I feel like Daniel Craig's films are going to exist in their own little pocket saga. Yeah. yeah. Of the grander of the others. Yep. I think Roger Moore is, lean, I'm leaning towards him being my favourite. Wow. The, all of his films are the ones I'm most excited to, to watch. Mm. So am I. Yeah. So am I. Yeah. I think Dalton is... is uh, you see, that's my yeah, preconceived notion for you, yeah, is that yeah, I think yeah, Dalton's sure. going to be your favourite. Mm. But I think Licence to Kill is going to challenge that. <laughs> for sure. Well, we'll see. Yeah. Well, going into today, thinking that um, this was a Roger, this was Moore, a Roger film. Moore film, I thought it was going to be a, a great deal of fun. It was going to be one of the lighter Bond films. Um, we were probably going to get some... You know, some gentlemanly charm and witty one-liners that were handled very well uh, with panache and, and class. Um, I, I, um, I don't know. Now, I, I think... Well, I, I think, yes, because Connery's getting towards the end of his time, there's a part of me that thinks that he's going to be giving up, that there's going to be some sort of feeling of, oh, he didn't really turn up, did he? Um, there's there's a feeling that there's probably going to be some um, contextual problems and uncomfortabilities with the period, and given that the film takes place in Japan, maybe things might be a little bit unsavoury and, and, and hard to look back on with a more contemporary eye now. Um, but, I mean, I, I hope that I can kind of look a bit past that and, 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 and enjoy the film but for me that was a big thing in Goldfinger particularly with, with how the women were handled and Connery in particular was handling the women it really did interrupt my enjoyment of Goldfinger um, so I'm, in, I'm anticipating a bit of that uh, I'm, I am, I'm actually really excited to see Japan in the world of Bond in, in, the, in the world of the 60s seeing what Japan looks like only you know, a couple of like a couple of decades eye. after the bombs were dropped, and the, and the England yeah. was at war with this country, and you know, a lot of devastation, and 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 how that country's kind of, you know, flourishing and 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 and, and rebuilding, and and that rich culture. It is a world that really fascinates me. Japan's a country that I really want to visit. Uh, very jealous of your travels. Uh, well, I think we should all go to Japan Let's together one it. day. I Let's think, do a trip to Japan. I think we've got a lot of travel in the, uh, yeah, in, in, the, the in the future in together. The but yeah, there's something about uh, rural Japan that excites me. Mm. I can't say I'm, I'm all that in yeah captured by the Tokyo city sites and the ultra modern edge. Right. I will say, nor was I. Sure, until, I until you went there. And but then I'm very I was like, I don't ever want to go to sleep. Yeah, I just see this. I want to see this city yeah. at every single hour sure. of its existence. Wow. I want to see how it how it lives and how it I've breathes. always had a, a, so, a soft spot for that that 
cliche cherry blossom rural paper wall yeah. that whole zen koi quality koi, I love mm. it I love it I love it and I hope I can't remember I'm sure there is that in this Bonsai movie trees. Yeah, yeah but I'm not yeah mm. so as for the villains as for the gadgets and the vehicles and the tech you know who I... the villain is right no okay no. I might be aware of them, like like Odd Job. Good. You know, last Good. week I knew of Odd Job. I was very excited to see Odd Job. I didn't know he was actually in Goldfinger yeah, until we saw the the Blu-ray menu. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, so, oh, this oh, is this the one. Odd Job. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know. No, I don't know who the Bond girls are. I don't know who the villains are. I don't know what is coming. Mm. So I'm keen. I'm excited. I I'm going to ask you. Yep. Because of just because of how we rated. Goldfinger last week. Yes. Are you optimistic, pessimistic, or cautious heading into this? I think cautious is a very accurate uh, depiction of my current state of mind mm, going okay. into this film. Okay. Cautious. Because I, I think I, a lot of people will be shocked how we rated Goldfinger. Goldfinger. Probably. Mm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping for the best. But I'm expecting the worst. But I'm, <laughs> <laughs> maybe not the worst. It's certainly not going to be a die another day. But I'm I'm cautious, and I'm I'm not convinced that I'm going to in that the Connery films are my thing. Mm. Yeah, they they haven't been so far. No. I mean, granted, we've only seen two. Yes. Of of yeah. um, of six. That being said, I'm still very very excited to see from Russia and Thunderball. Yes. I really want to see those two. Yeah. yeah. But. As for this one, I'm cautious. Cautious. But open-minded. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think I'm a little more optimistic than you uh, in relation to this one. I think I'm definitely picking up on that cautious energy. There's an element of that. I'd be lying if I said there wasn't. Mm -hmm. But I think, yeah, my preconceived notions for this one, again, I have seen it. Um, It's a little foggy. But... um, I guess the reason I'm most optimistic is A, because of the people attached, Roald Dahl and the director, sorry, you said... Lewis Gilbert. Lewis Gilbert, and he's the director of Alfie. Alfie. And ah. he's, yeah, you know, the Michael Caine Alfie. Yeah. So I'm, I'm interested yeah. to see what he brings. And I think, given the experience we just had with Goldfinger, mm-hmm. I think this might be, I'm hoping, the breath of fresh air I need in relation to Connery. Yes. Yeah. Um, I feel that... I know all Connery's tricks now, and I don't particularly love them, if I may be so got bold. No, please, be as bold um, as you like. And I'm excited to be, hopefully, have my opinion altered a little bit, or have a new understanding of him, I think. And I think this film looks like it might give me that. Would you say that you're kind of at a fork in the road with Connery? I think I am. I think if, yeah. I mean, look, as you said, we've still got from Russia and Thunderball but I think the truth of the matter is I've got a pretty good sense of him so I am looking for those extra dimensions to his character now I think that's what I'm searching for which is Mm. why this feels timely because I think yeah that kind of I haven't and I haven't seen Diamond so I feel like once I've got the full Connery because I have seen Thunderball and from Russia right? and I know them pretty well Okay, but um, yeah I haven't really spent a lot of time with this one or with Diamonds of Forever Mm. so yeah that's, I guess that's kind of it for me. So you're cautious. I'm optimistic. But cautiously optimistic. Yeah, there's an element of caution, but, but I get it's very optimistic. low. Mostly optimistic. I think this is going to be good. I I'm, I'm, want to see what a Roald Dahl screenplay is. Mm. I'm interested in, in, the again, the Japanese aspect. I think there's going to be some good humour. 
I think. And, you know, given what I said earlier about it being something that they injected a lot of fun and energy into and that and then that claim to, to, you know, Bond is bigger than the actor, I want to see how that plays out. That got you know? me very excited too yeah, when you were saying yeah. that. Yeah, mm. that might be the breath of, breath of fresh air we all want. Yeah, that's mm. where I'm at. What about you? Yeah, it's, like I said earlier, it's mm. the film that I think I always forget in the franchise. Oh. That said, there is one element of this that I don't forget and that stands out as being kind of emblematic of the Bond franchise is uh, Ken Adams' set design in this film. Uh I remember my mum waking me up one morning. Um, I don't know how old I was, but I was was a kid. I was a teenager. Mum waking me up one morning and going they're doing a James Bond thing on sunrise or today or it was one of those morning, <laughs> of morning breakfast shows. shows and I like rushed out of bed in my jammies kind of you know <laughs> bleary eyed and like went down and it was this feature on Ken Adams volcano set oh, from this film good on your mum yeah. oh, this is worth it oh, yeah. mum was very good at that as yeah. soon as she knew that any of, us, any of us were kind of interested in something she was like ooh I'm on, on that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'll be your extended arm of research. Yeah, yeah. I'll keep yeah. my eye out. I'll keep my eye she out. was the reason I saw the, the Casino Royale trailer the first ah. time. They showed it on Channel 7 Sunrise. Oh. Oh. So you have to come down. It's starting in five minutes. Oh. Uh, thank what God a time. She, thank God she did because, my God, changed that forever. changed me. That mm. changed me. Mm. But I remember, yeah, Ken Adams' set design in this is kind of... The it's emblematic of the franchise. I think it's kind of the best set design that we've had in the series. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, still that, even today. Even today. Wow. Yeah. Wow. There's there's stuff in this. There are images that pop out for me where I'm like, oh, they've been chasing that since this. Maybe film. a reflection of of you know or of putting everything into it. In every department, yeah, you know, yeah. making it bigger than Connor. I think like so. These yeah. films can yeah. stand by mm. themselves. There is slightly problematic stuff in this. Yes, Bond in has terms a, of yeah. Bond. Should I say? Well, I don't think we want to spoil it for yeah, Jack because yeah. I think, but uh, it's Bond in Japan. Yes. There's there really there's only one moment. It's a fish I, out of water story, right? It is a very much a fish out of water story. Yeah. And I see what they were going for. Mm. My memory of it is that it's a bit like, oh, you couldn't do that today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not that it's anything bigger than that. Yeah, I think yeah. it would be a little silly to get too head up. Maybe I'll get head up in the, in the posters. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I've had a couple of Vespa martinis. Who knows? Um, my preconceived notion is that a lot of people think uh, that this is the film where Connery really phones it in. Uh-huh. Oh. My memory is not of that. Okay. I get a sense of a kind of more lived-in bond when I think of Connery's performance in this. Yeah, maybe it was just ultra-confidence and he felt he didn't need to try very hard. You yeah. Know? yeah. You never yeah. know. Maybe yeah. he was just really in it. Yeah. And, and that's the media story or the, you know... Yeah, yeah. and I think... There's a, there are a couple of the allies in this, mm. two of which are the Bond girls, but one of which is a, just a regular ally, who stand out for me as being really charming, and just kind of they just instantly grab you. Mm. It's funny that this is the film I forget, because I don't have any negative experience with it. Okay. I don't have any negative or ill will. There's just something quite unremarkable, well, unmemorable. One, yeah, I think it's just the one that I go. I'll right. put something else on. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I'd be more likely to watch a Roger Moore than I would with this. 
that said, I don't think it's going to be bad. Okay. And I, my gut feeling is that it'll be more enjoyable for me than Goldfinger was. Mm-hmm. Look out. Yeah. Look out. I, I must say, John Barry's score in this, yep. sensational. Mm-hmm. And the theme song to this is probably the most unsung of the, of the Bond theme. Does it have a Japanese... It's a bit of a Japanese kind of Musical lilt theme to theme? it. Yeah, yeah. There, there's a bit of a... I was going to say lilt, but I wasn't confident yeah. with it. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm not confident with it either. <laughs> Fact check. Fact check. Um, I think Nancy Sinatra sings the hell out of this. Nancy does. It's Nancy oh, Sinatra. Wow. And I think it is... I think it's one of the most beautiful of the Bond themes. Okay. Cool. Whenever this pops up in my... Good title sequence? In my, pretty good. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Maurice? It's Maurice Binder. 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 We do that every time. Every we time. do do it every time. <laughs> Maurice Binder. Maurice Binder. Maurice. Um, it's it's good. It's good. Okay. All right. I'm really interested to see how we go with this. I like this. I like this energy. This yeah. is a good way to approach a bond. Yeah. It's, it's not... We're not over-eager and we're yeah. not expecting the worst. Yeah. Well, it seems to be one that... Um, it's not on the regular watch list, really. Mm. So it's not really overly present in your minds, and certainly not mine. So it's a bit of a blank canvas in a way. We're kind Mm. of open to just experiencing the film. Well, gentlemen, I think it's time to pop in the Blu-ray for 1967's You Only Live Twice. Twice, twice, twice. And twice is the only way to live. Gentlemen, we have just finished watching 1967's You Only Live Twice. How do we feel? That sums it up for me. That sums it up for me. What a movie. Sublime. Sublime. I'm going to say it right now. I need to get it off my chest. It's the best Connery film We've seen. In my, in my yeah, opinion. Absolutely. It's, oh it wins that God. hands down for me. Hands yeah, down. hands down. Yeah, yeah, they don't come close. They don't. They don't thrilling. come close. Mm. Absolutely thrilling. We should just, Jake, you've never seen it. No. You were mm. expecting Roger Moore. <laughs> <laughs> you got your, I would say, your least favourite Bond so far. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Off the cuff, shoot from the hip. What are your immediate thoughts? This thing wowed me. I was having so much wow. fun. And wowed me. Wow, 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 wow. It wowed me. We were very vocal in oh, this one. This was, yeah. this was what I was talking about that I didn't get from Goldfinger and that I really love in a Bond mm-hmm. film. I want to be thrilled. I do love a, a very um, jump up and down Bond film. Yeah. yeah. And this was absolutely that full of them full of those moments oh my god I mean my biggest thing was that I wanted this to reveal another side of Connery and it absolutely did that didn't it Josh oh my gosh I think you mentioned him being that slight bit older he's Mm. got that present that that appearance of maturity I think that and the and the and the extra I don't know what I don't I can't begin to describe I mentioned at one point it reminds me a little bit of how Craig approaches the role in that he's not like there's there's quite a lot of understatement Mm. in in the role 
Uh, and and Connery never felt kind of lecherous. No, yeah, he, he did say that he, he's. He, he wasn't Randy. Yeah, he wasn't a yeah. Randy Bond. No, yeah. not yeah. as grabby as he it, was. It worked so much better for Which, him. Yes, yeah. and so 100%. the scenes. I mean, he sleeps with three of the Bond girls in this. Yes, yeah. yeah. And none of those interactions felt. Oh, 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 yeah. Well, no, well, no, you were just like. I mean, I think pretty much all three were initiated. By the woman. They were. I think they learnt their lessons. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They, maybe so. Yeah. Oh, my God. I loved this. Mm. I How loved was it for this. you this time around? It's been a little while. It's been a while. It's been a while. And I was saying, I think it's uh, when we were on our way here to record this, in between that room and this one, <laughs> um, I said, I don't know why I haven't watched this one more. Yeah. Because in, in, in the preamble you were saying that it was sort of um, not as memorable. How yeah. much it, how much of it, of it, of it do you think is that kind of break into three, or not even break into three, it's just kind of before that, when Bond turns Japanese? How much do you think that owes to your kind of reticence? I th- probably a fair bit. Yeah, I feel, I feel like that's the probably thing. That's the elephant in the room. Because Which... not only is it a little bit cringy... But it's just in that portion of the film, mm. the storytelling slips for some reason. I don't know quite what it is. Well, it's hard to believe. It, I think that's what it is. Like isn't you it? guys yeah. mentioned, you were like, "Why does he look like he's slouching all the time?" Mm. And the reason that that was is because Sean Connery, standing at six foot two, yeah, towered over every other uh, Japanese male actor. Yeah. And so, for him to be playing the role of Japanese he fisherman, be, yeah. he was trying to give the impression that he was shorter than he was. Right. And it's funny because... It's researched. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, it's at least motivated. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's funny because when I was a kid, I never picked up that they were turning him Japanese, mm-hmm. as right. it were. Mm. I always thought they were just kind of... Um, disguising Disguising, him. like just giving yeah. him like a bit of a Japanese haircut. Like it was almost like a Japanese makeover, yes, rather yeah. than trying to make him look. You know the look. prosthetics of the, you know, of the uh, on the eyelids and that. I never picked up on that, mm. but I I definitely do remember sometime in my twenties watching mm. this film and going, "What? <laughs> yeah, they they think that that passes." It's and very, I wonder how yeah. much you you might have now that the the. the the, the I wonder how much that influences <laughs> otherwise what is, you know, pure enjoyment. Like that for me, you, i got to say, I don't really, n- couldn't really tell you much of what happened. <laughs> but I was just oh, really? having the best time. It's yeah. such a romp. It's a such blast. a romp. Yeah. It's such a romp. Yeah. I have no idea what was going on. See, I actually found it. I found it the simplest of the plots yeah. for me to follow. Actually, I think it was. I I could see its simplicity. Yeah, get, yeah. Get here and so I was happy and I was following. But yeah. when I was trying to, when my mind was starting to go, hang on, what's Blofeld doing? It's like another voice just went, ah, shut up. Yeah, shut up. Just, just, just <laughs> watch the movie. Yeah. You know? Shut up and have some fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Look, Volcano Lair. <laughs> <laughs> Ninjas. And I think I just went with... I liked that. Yeah. I was really with that. It, didn't, it wasn't kind of tricking me or anything. It was like a willful participation. And I think, you know, it, 
What I, what struck me because I knew about that element of the Japanese makeover, and I was expecting something, especially with today's kind of cultural shift and awareness. Oh, I was yeah. expecting to strike me it to strike me as being very un PC, but it didn't strike me that way. Hmm. Like I was like, this is okay. It's tastefully handled. You can see their intention. It's about disguise and blending in. It doesn't come from a race or it, he doesn't. Yeah. It doesn't. It's actually quite respectful of Japanese culture. It's really quite kind of trying to showcase it to a Western audience. It's got really honest intentions, so it didn't really rub me the wrong way. Yeah, like I was I mean, able. You couldn't to, do it today, but you like, couldn't do it today. They didn't do it today. Exactly. So, like, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It didn't. It doesn't. Didn't really bother me. I got to say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it was funny. It, it I was, kind it was of went more. It was sorry to interrupt. Yeah, yeah. It was more that kind of what did bother me was in as you said that sort of hard to swallowness of yeah. that kind of scene. Yeah, you just kind of look at Connery and you go, but you don't look Japanese. Exactly. <laughs> like, yeah. It's almost like it's. That's why I I didn't really have a problem with it this time because I was like, but. There's nothing about him that's no. Japanese. So it didn't feel... It's not like Mickey Rooney in... Um, what's it called? Breakfast at Tiffany's. Right. That's yeah, yeah. really bad. Yes. Yeah. I mean, look, no white actor. I'll, yeah. I'll go on the record here. Yeah. No white actor should dress up, in, you know, and black up or, no. or you know, kind no. of well take on another race. Now. Yeah, you yeah. should get an actor of the race that, you know, the character is meant to be. Yeah. But in this storyline, it's okay. This storyline is of a British Navy officer going undercover. Exactly. As a Japanese fisherman. Yeah. It's like, don't just go undercover maybe as just a Westerner. Yeah. Yeah. If you do it today, that's how you do it. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Just don't be yourself. That's the point. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, we don't... They know what Bond. They know who Bond is, so you can't be Bond. Be someone else. Be a fisherman. Yes. Don't be. But... Don't be a Japanese person. Yes. <laughs> Just yeah. be someone else. Yeah. <laughs> Apart from that, I loved every fucking second. Of oh, this absolutely! Film. It was so. It just had the audience front and center, but not in a but in the in in the truthful kind of way, way. Yep. in the right kind of way, not in a. In not a, a die another day. Service right? exactly. Not in a. We're going to give you all you want. They still were willing to do that, but also in a way challenge or subvert or you know it was playing with it with. I was just about to say it's playing with itself. But you know that, that's no. I agree. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, it was playing with itself. Yeah. Jake, <laughs> I have a big question for you right now. Yes, you've been very critical of him in your past two viewings. Yes. What did you think of Sean Connery's Bond in You Only Live Twice? For all those out there that have said, Mr. Connery phones this film in, you are lying. (laughs) Because this is the best Sean Connery performance I've ever seen. Wow. He's fantastic in this. I think that, yeah, him being that little bit older, it Mm. did something to him. Mm. The groundedness, the authenticity. This time around, we spoke about it in, in Goldfinger, but there was a there was a disconnection for me in Goldfinger. Whereas this, it, you liked Bond again. You I liked you liked James Bond. Yeah, you yeah. You didn't dislike it. And he, yeah. he was capable without being smug. Yeah, yeah, the smugness wasn't there. He was on business. Mm. He was getting stuff done. He he underplayed the the one liners too. You Ooh, know, yeah. it was like it was it was just a matter of wit. It was like no, this is how I talk. Bon appetit. And yeah, all of that kind of that stuff. That got a very big round from us. Yes, I love that. I, I really I really liked uh, 
the drop in the ocean. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. That was really good. What a sequence. Mm. Yeah, I thought, uh, yeah, Sean, hats off to you on this one. Mm-hmm. This was, this reignited my flame for him. So this, you saw him as Bond in this. Yeah, you absolutely. felt like Bond. This absolutely. is what you want, you want from a, a Bond. Yeah. 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 yeah, it is. Mm. It is. You know, I mean, incredible, incredible action sequences and big set pieces. Um, st- style, good stuff. There's a lot of um, personas for Bond to play. Like, um, obviously, the one we've discussed, going into uh, going uh, in, in disguise there. Because <laughs> um, um, your words carefully, Mr. Bond. But Mr. Fisher as well. You know, when he infiltrates Asado Enterprises, mm, yeah. you know, and... Um, and and the um, the the hitman that takes out Mister Henderson when he puts on the face mask and the trench coat yes, and he's true. in the back he's of the car, yeah, yeah, with the, the, the fedora and everything. Yeah, I mean, was... and the astronaut, the astronaut, and the astronaut. Well. Yeah, yeah. Bond is playing lots of different roles. Lots of spy shit. So much good spy shit. I mean, and the fact Bond dies. What an opening. Spoilers. Yeah. <laughs> that haven't seen the film yet. Oh, man. There's so much about this film that I just absolutely loved. Yep. It's the Connery film that's up my alley. Yeah. Yep. It's wow. Good. Yep. For sure. I agree with you on that one. Yeah. yeah. I mean, even, even from a production perspective, too. Like, you know. What a bloody the, movie the set pieces oh, the the just um, a movie the evolution like <laughs> yeah. you know they're really doing stuff mm. um what a great statement that was they're really they're doing really stuff. doing stuff <laughs> bloody hell but i know what you mean because it's a catchphrase of us they do it for real they, they do, do it for, for real. real and they damn near do everything for real in yeah, yeah even the day for night Ooh, Even yeah. day for night, they you do the day for night for real. <laughs> <laughs> Darby, what are your thoughts on uh, Sir Sean Connery? We should yeah. address we, him by Sir Sean. Star, absolutely, was Sir he Sean? Sir Sean at this time though? No, he wasn't, but he is no, now. He doesn't get it oh. from me. Uh, right. Sean, he, uh... <laughs> Shawnee boy, <laughs> the lad. <laughs> no, I think yeah, I'm with you. I think you know, in, in terms of. Um, the accusations of phoning it in or laziness. The only times I saw any credibility for that were in some of the reaction shots, which were shot against uh, uh, the, the rear projection, rear projection yeah. screen where he was piloting it, where he didn't quite feel as if he was actually piloting in the plane. Which very well could have just been pickups or exactly. something. You know, like... And it's also hard for an actor to act in that environment, especially if it is a pickup that's... So far away, it's you know, yeah. So then that, so that didn't. It's not enough evidence for me to say he's funny. I think think he really, yeah. This is my favorite iteration of. I think this is probably. I, I feel that when he comes back for Diamonds Forever, he's probably too old. Am I right? He feels maybe a little bit too senior. Depends what you want. Depends what you want. Yeah. Because I really like. If I really liked this, will I like that? Is that is this yeah, is, right. is, See, is it an evolution of that? I'm wondering because watching this, I go. Yeah, mm. I can see where Diamonds Are Forever comes from. Yeah, right. yeah there's okay. elements of it. It's a slightly lower rent version of the, of You Only Live Twice. You smaller Only budget. Live Twice. Uh, maybe it did have a smaller budget. I don't know. Mm. I know Sean Connery was paid a million dollars, um, which was a record at the time, to come back for Diamonds Are Forever. A million, a million dollars. dollars. A million in 1971, dollars, which was the budget. 
of Dr. No. Whoa. He was paid the budget of the first film. Speaking of, in terms of a million dollars and the budget of of Dr. No, the volcano lair cost one million dollars. Just the volcano lair itself. They got good use out of it. They sure did. I've got to agree with you both. And... I, I've got to sing Sean Connery's praises in this. Mm. Yeah. That's the Sean Connery Bond for me. Yeah. I liked him. I think. Oh my I god! I just really liked this him. performance and the mm. one that he gives in Thunderball uh-huh. and from Russia with Love. But Thunderball and this—that's Bond. Fantastic. That right. is Bond. And whenever I think of a Sean Connery, it is that that feeling. And I, I can't believe I haven't watched this film more times. Mm. I have to remember this feeling because I think Sean Connery knocks it out of the bloody park in this. Yeah. And knowing that he's not going to return in the chronologically next film, Mm. I had a small pang of, oh, geez. And audiences must have had that feeling of, we're never going to see him again. That's it. Yeah. That's it. We're done. We will never see another Sean Connery Bond. Luckily for us, we know better, and we will yeah. see two more Sean Connery Bonds, although only one of them is official. Yes. Technically, you could say there are three more Sean Connery what Bonds. What do you mean? Well, there's a, there's a kind of rumour, an urban legend, that Sean Connery's performance in The Rock is actually an Jeez. old James Bond. <gasps> and what? that I've heard that on the set of that... Um, Michael Bay and Sean Connery agreed. essentially agreed that he was playing old man Bond. Oh, well, we've got to watch Because that. he plays a former Secret Service. He's a former British Secret Service agent, long retired, blah, 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 blah. Oh, we have to watch right. The Rock. It's the only Michael Bay film that I think actually works. Maybe, <laughs> to, maybe the Bad Boys films, but we won't watch those for the podcast. I think we should. If we're going to watch bloody Never Say Never Again... We yes, are watching. We better watch what, the rock. Then, Well, then we're watching The Rock. I've <laughs> <laughs> made the decision for us. Um, we swing in on an absolute blitzer of oh, a pre-title sequence. This thing's like nothing before. Like, unprecedented. Remind me. Bond what, in what space. Was it? Bond, oh, Bond in Not space. Bond himself, but Not you've, Bond got, in space. you've got incredible bloody... The ships, the scene. ships. It's like a and it's the tether. Mm. Yeah. The first the spacewalk. The spacewalk. Yeah. The spacewalk. That mm. gets eaten up by evil, evil spaceship. Yeah. And the terrifying, beautifully captured moment of yeah, the lifeline, the tether getting severed, oh. and the astronaut drifting off into space. Amazing. And really beautifully, understatedly done. Yeah. yeah. Well, you could. I. I. You know. The restriction with those scenes is that they were shooting them from one side, is what I picked up. Yeah, not, yes. not too yeah. many angles. We were very much... Yeah. So here we are again. Yeah, one, but they made that work. One axis. They, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But they made that work. Yeah. And then we went from there down to Earth yes. in the pre-title sequence. And what happens there? It's where we first meet Bond. We I've go got to, Jake's memory tonight. Uh, well, we, we technically we swing into the MI6 officers. Yeah. Um, and they mention that their their man in Hong Kong is on the job, mm. yes. and we smash cut to Bond locking lips with a lovely Hong Kong uh, agent. That's well, it right. is an MI six office. It's actually a big debate between the US and the and, and the Soviets. Oh, as of well, course. Actually, it's not MI six. Who's, who's You're right. responsible for 
swallowing up the um, the American You're right. Rocket. It's like a weird Bondian version of the United Nations. Nations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's Bating right. About, well, the UK is the mediator. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, little odd relationship going on there. But yes, the UK do say, look, our man on the ground is, is, is sort of... And then we see Bond enjoying the, 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 the pleasures and, and treasures of Hong Kong. <laughs> of Hong Kong. <laughs> um, and then, of course, we see Bond's death. Yes. Essentially. There was blood. There was blood. There was a body. At least he died on the job. He <laughs> would have wanted it that way. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and we get the the full the whole thing right. Oh no no, it finishes there, doesn't it? It does. It does. Yeah, it does. Right. When he's, right. yeah, he comes back down because he gets flung up in the bed. He does, the yes. which is a fantastic, That's a great, it's been, shot sequence. Yes, it is, and it's been done many times. Many since. times since. Yeah. Yeah. Can you but, think? I'm trying to think what I can has see Jim Carrey for some reason. Oh really? Oh, Getting yeah, flung up right. in the bed like that. See, yeah, yeah. I saw Kurt Russell. Okay. I don't know what it is. Okay. This will be a fact check. Oh, You'll be yeah. like, oh, Thanks Brandon saw Kurt Russell. <laughs> and Harley saw, saw Jim, Carrey. Jim Carrey. But actually, it was little trouble in. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, I think that entire pre-title sequence is so fucking well done. Yeah. Great little short film, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, it really is, and it's enough intrigue. I mean, back in the '60s, it would have been that thing of, oh my god. This is Connery's last film. Mm. Yeah. Are they actually going to kill Bond? Mm. And then we do like a flashback for the rest totally. of the film until yeah. we get back to there? People mm. might have thought that this was going to be the end. Yeah. yeah. That we actually see Bond die. Yeah. And one thing that was but then. clearly <laughs> apparent was the fact that they were not holding back with this film. Mm. Like right from the get-go, it's like massive set pieces, big scale story. They're dropping some serious cash on this. And, oh, yeah. and still exploring. Yeah. Yes. It's like still Not getting exploring bored. visually. Like, yeah. I got to say, my favourite <laughs> shot in the entire film mm. is when it's just after the title sequence, which we will talk about, so I don't want to jump too far ahead, but um, there's the fella with the binoculars, oh, yeah. and he's looking out to sea, and in the reflection of the binoculars... You can see the front page of that paper mm. saying British Naval Commander mm. murdered. In the reflection. And it's in the yeah. reflection of both lenses of the binoculars. It's and very I good. just they would go, have done that for real. Oh, I just, <laughs> that's the kind of stuff where I go, oh my God, you put that shit in a Bond film? Yeah. Oh, I'll give you 10 out of 10. Oh my God. That stuff. That stuff. Look out. He's got you can still be marked down for other <laughs> other stuff. If you try and put Bond in yellow face, I think I'd deduct a couple of points. Yeah. <laughs> the pre-daughter sequence is brilliant. Yeah. We then hear those iconic strings oh, coming through from yeah. John Barry for the opening of the theme to You Only Live Twice, sung, I think, impeccably by Nancy Sinatra. What do we think of the song? Very nice. Yeah, mm-hmm. it is. It's really a beautiful... It is beautiful. ...romantic yeah. Bond theme. It's it's certainly not the more bombastic, mm. uh, heavily orchestrated um, classics that we're kind of used to. Yeah, it's not a brassy, Shirley Bassey... No, no, big belt Yeah, yeah. exactly, exactly. It's Works like, for the story, obviously. It does, mm. and I find that mm. throughout this whole film that there's a level of heart to it that we haven't really seen in a, in a Connery film, mm-hmm. and there's a level of there um, is you're right there calm is calm and patience. 
And, and we see that in the pre-title sequence where there are moments throughout this film and the theme song, I think, reinforcing that of taking your time with moments. Mm. You know, I, I think I, the Connery thinking... films, the previous ones, have done that as well. But maybe, really? Yeah, I think so. Well, I think from Russia... I think the two that we have left... Well, mm. or the three that we have left, um, but the two that precede You Only Live Twice... One of the big complaints of Thunderball is that it's too long. Right. Okay. Um, but I, I personally disagree with that. I've never felt that with Thunderball. Thunderball and From Russia With Love actually, I think, have that same feeling mm. of taking their time, exploring their worlds, mm. and developing their stories. I, I think, mean, yeah. before Quantum of Solace, Goldfinger was the shortest Bond film in the series. Mm. And knowing that... And having just watched it, there are moments that feel underdeveloped and rushed, mm. which we talked about in the podcast. Mm. This film doesn't have those moments for me. I think I think a part of what you're kind of um, feeling as well is the observant kind of viewpoint that this film has yes is, is the like the, the, the films I think the Connery films have, are always kind of patient because films of that era were typically quite patient right um, but this seems to want to look at things in a new way it's still yeah. applying the same patience but it's more that it's training your eyes on stuff that is interesting yeah my you know, mind immediately mm. goes to the sequence after Bond's uh, naval funeral mm-hmm and the scuba divers are taking his body down into the submarine. And we just watch that and whole... And we just watch that whole thing unfold. You yes. know, there's not, there's, it's, it's not a massive sequence. There's not a lot going on. Yeah, the director has a the good understanding of, of what is intriguing yeah. to the human kind of senses. Yeah. And trusting just, watching just how to they're gonna... sit there and yeah, take yeah. it all in. Mm. And there were a few moments throughout that I thought that we were allowed that time. Mm. Mm. And it was. It was a new perspective. It was a new viewpoint that we were seeing Bond through, I think. Yeah. What's the director's name again? Uh, Lewis Gilbert. Lewis who directed Gilbert. Alfie, the Marvel Alfie. Yes, run, which I think right. is a masterpiece. Mm. Mm. Absolute masterpiece. Mm. Yeah. Bond dead. Yeah. Bond dead. Oh, oh, we should talk about uh, Maurice Binder's... The title uh, sequence. Binder's uh, oh title sequence. God. Um, really, really good. Yeah. Really kind of... Um, I mean, look... The thing is with the Maurice Binder title sequences, they they feel very dated, and you can kind of see a bit of the tricks and the kind of oh that's a overlay and a. What strikes me about his title sequences is it seems as if he had he used the same technology for a lot of them, and Mm. that it wasn't either I don't know if it wasn't advancing or he was or he was comfortable in his environment in relation to Bond, but it seems like he does the same sort of... Yeah, I've got a slightly controversial opinion which okay. I'm going to put forward here. And I've okay. briefly I've briefly touched on it before. That without Maurice Binder, we don't have Daniel Kleinman. Yes. Mm-hmm. Thank God we've got Daniel Kleinman, would mm. be my controversial opinion. Mm-hmm. I think the two Robert Brown, uh, Brown Jean um, title sequences... Are more interesting than the Maurice Binder ones. That is not to say that the Maurice Binder ones are not uh, entertaining mm. or uh, kind of groundbreaking in their own way. 
Um, but I watch a lot Especially of Especially this one, because it's got a volcano in it. <laughs> yes, and Japanese fans. And, I will say, down. Japanese women in yeah. it, in that title sequence, which I thought was uh, very, very sensitive of them, particularly for the time, because they could have just gotten a whole heap of yeah. bunch oh, of, it's you know... mostly silhouetted, you yeah, can't really silhouetted tell. Yeah, silhouetted white women or yeah, whatever. It doesn't, doesn't matter. Um, and, and really, really tastefully done. Well, on that... Me as the novice Bond yeah. fan, yeah. in my observance after Goldfinger, that is a direct link to Kleinman. Maurice Goldfinger is, or I, you only live twice it, is. No, Goldfinger. Those which is a Brown John. The, the Brown John title sequences feel like more of a connection to the Kleinman, and mm. Maurice is a weird thing in the middle. Mm. Well, yeah, I think Maurice Binder's title sequences kind of have that feeling of, oh, that's a Maurice Binder title sequence, and it has the same aesthetic. Mm. They, that's what I was picking. As, as yeah. all of his. Yeah. They don't seem to kind of focus on what the theme of the film is. I, I, I should say mm. that The Honor Majesty's one and this one do pick up on the themes of the film quite well. Mm. I think Thunderballs does as well. Mm. But subsequent ones after that kind of feel like they're they're chasing a feeling a little bit. Right. Whereas I think the Kleinman ones and the Robert Brownjohn ones, they really they you couldn't take them and put them on another film. Yes. They only work attached to the film yes. that they are attached to. I mean, you really could not put the Casino Royale titles on Tomorrow Never Dies or vice versa you know Mm. what I mean Mm. whereas I think you probably could put the title sequence from For Your Eyes Only and Octopussy and um, Moonraker I think they could all kind of they're they're slightly interchangeable I know that there is iconography and imagery within them that is you know specific to the films but they feel more more like a Maurice Binder Mm. Title Peace. sequence rather than the title sequence to that film. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And we remarked upon it in the Living Daylights, I think it was, where it was a bit like, mm, yeah, yeah, it's a, yeah, especially that. One. Doesn't really match the film. It's not really like anything. I don't know what that means to the film. Yeah. In the same way that I don't think the title song has much <laughs> yeah. much to do with the film. All that out of the way, yeah. I think what he does with the You Only Live Twice um, title sequence. It's really beautiful. Got me very excited. Yeah, yeah. Very you see the volcano mm. coming up and the colours of the red yeah. against the black. I was like, mm. yes. Oh, there yeah. were some great little. There were some great compositions. In yeah. There. Mm. yeah. This, this, live and let die, and um, Thunderball and Honor Majesties would be the four of the binders where I go, oh yeah, mm. yeah, yep, 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 yep. Tick, 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 tick. I don't have a complaint with them. Mm. I think it's more the the later ones, yeah. the more ones that I have a, a slight complaint with but I think he does wonderfully in this yeah. mm. so we have touched on this very briefly Darby you said that you were slightly um, you, you weren't so kind of caught up in following what the plot was mm. um, did you did you could you get your head around what Blofeld's plot was why he, Bond he, was on this adventure he wanted to um he wanted to capture other spaceships with his spaceship. Mm. 
<laughs> to what end? Yeah. <laughs> to what that's end? That's, you. that's yeah, where yeah, it yeah. runs out. Yeah, 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 runs did out. you? Did you? That's as far as I got. That's as far as we got. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, I, he, yeah. I didn't know why he was consuming these spaceships. Spaceship. I mean, aside from the fact that he wants to pit the US against well, that's uh, it. Russia. That and, is it. Okay. Know. He wants it to look like that the, the US have destroyed a Russian ship. And that the Russians have destroyed a US ship. Yep. And that they're kind of both going, No, we didn't do that. How dare you? If yeah. you do another if you take another one of our ships, we'll fucking kill you. He's edging the doomsday He's, clock towards midnight. He wants, he World wants War the chaos. Three. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a hundred percent it. Hundred yeah. percent it. It's a pretty simple Yeah. Pretty simple. Why? Thing. You know, I don't know. I don't know why, but it doesn't matter because, because he's a bond he's villain. Yeah. Exactly. That's yeah. enough. I guess it's that thing of with Spectre, it's just destabilizing uh, the the two big superpowers. Yes. Mm. Because then, once they are both destabilized, they both need support. Yeah. And so you sell your service to the highest bidder. And, and his service is Spectre. Well, yeah. It's like we have an entire network of, you know, terrorists and, you know... Mm. He just goes in and picks up the crumbs and, and yeah, uh, makes yeah. a profit and does yeah. business. It's, it's all about money. Yeah, it's war profiteering. Money. Yeah, yeah, it's war profiteering. Mm. That's that's the feeling I get. Yeah. Um, oh, and he's doing... <laughs> <laughs> and business is very good by the looks of it because he can build himself uh, basically a... a, a <laughs> Kennedy Space Center. He can build himself a, volcano. a Ken Adams lair. Yeah. I wonder yeah. if he got the Ken Adams to do yeah, it for I wonder him. if he yeah, got I the wonder. Ken Adams. I don't know. He's got enough money. Yeah. Ken's pretty busy. I wonder what he was doing. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I think the plot is is simple enough that it it, it like you said it mm. just it keeps you. Oh yeah. Yeah. And and the sequence with which Bond is kind of kept. Um, busy ke- keeps us entertained. Yeah, you know the whole thing of Asato, the the chemical company, yeah, um, supplying the chemicals and the fuel yeah. for um, this this you know in operation. Mm-hmm. That's enough for me. You're like it, it, it all makes sense. Bond investigates that company, and then there's a tie to to Spectre and. It's enough. Everything's it's enough for me. The reveal, right? Of like yeah. the investigation of, you know, here's your first lead. You start here. That takes you to Asato. I disguise myself. I investigate. Hmm. He's not the big bad. He's working for someone himself. Next step. And then ultimately, Blofeld's revealed. And it's yeah. Like, yes. And, and I also love the thing of that the villains are slightly thrown off the scent. That they all think... Bond is dead. Yeah. Asato mm-hmm. even says, I think it's Asato, or it could be uh, Helga Brandt. Uh, says, is it Helga Brandt? Yeah, Helga Brandt says, no, he was dead. It was in the papers. Yeah, we all knew he was dead. Um, which also makes me go, yes, but so was his photo. Come on. But there's enough in there, like that aside, it's enough to be like, they think Bond's out of the picture. Yeah. So that's a cool element that we haven't explored in any of the Bond films yeah. to this point of they all think Bond's out of the way, mm. but he's not. Yeah. Um, One thing I mentioned in our very first episode, I believe, is that the thing I really look for in a good Bond villain is world domination. Oh, yeah. There's an element <laughs> of taking over the world. Yeah. You know, 
do you, do you feel want, satisfied in I this? I want a grand villain scheme. This is what I think of. Mm-hmm. I think of this. Oh, yeah, this baby. This is what I want. You know, I put this on a very similar level to 006. You know, oh, Alex. Mm. Like, you know, it's big stuff. It's global stuff. Yeah. Mm. Well, it is global stuff. Mm. And it's our first time in Japan. It's and, our first time uh, in outer space. It is our first time in outer space. So a lot of firsts. That's our first location. Let's talk about it. Oh. Outer space. Oh. What do we think? <laughs> oh, well, speaking of 006, I, I remarked in the screening, I actually thought the Earth in this film looked more realistic <laughs> than it did in Goldeneye. That's right. You did. You did. <laughs> this Earth had land. We need to go back. <laughs> it was very well defined, wasn't it? It was. I think I even pa- saw Cape Horn or the bottom yeah. of Argentina down there. It was a little pastel, but... A little. I tell you what... It's the atmospherics. I don't know if we should have gone too much further than what they were doing in this film. There was an aesthetic to that <laughs> that I kind of went, God, that's charming. I, and it made yeah. me think of a film. It made me I think of a movie. Yeah, i got to yeah. say I judge the space stuff pretty harshly in this film i right. think stylistic, oh, really? stylistically it works i like the color palette i like the rocket coming down to earth and the way they use the simplicity of the sequence very dated yeah mm. and when you look at the fact that 2001 came out the same year yes it did, it uh, did. you kind of go with your money and resources if you just spend a bit more time understanding how to do this better you probably could have done it better. What uh, was the budget of um, of two thousand and one? I have no idea. Was it? It was it quite big? I thought it was massive. Yeah, I have no. It idea. was a bit. It was a big one. Not sure. I I, I know what you mean though. Just particularly it, if yeah. they've come out the same year, it's like it, it's hard. Yeah. It's hard to swallow a little bit. Yeah, yeah just yeah. a little. But bit. See, for me, it's less hard to swallow because two thousand and one is very. Well, it's very realistic. Um, mm. Whereas this, there is, there's mm. that comic book kind of mm. um, Thunderbirds but even kind just of that feel to it, technical which, aspect of the. Oh, see, that's the yeah. stuff I I I'm like, oh yes, yes, yes. Oh, I love that I can see the strings. Yeah, yeah. There's yeah. almost a part of me that's like, oh yes, 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 yes. Oh, I'm in a spy film. There's yeah, something yeah, kind yeah, of yeah. campy I about get that. that. I feel which, that. Mm. Which. If you'd asked me a year, maybe two years ago, if that's what I was looking for, mm-hmm. not a chance. Really? I wasn't looking for that. Mm-hmm. I would have gone, oh, it's, um, it's just very dated and it doesn't work. But there's been something when we've been going through these films again, yeah. where I'm getting this weird energy of like, oh, oh, it's a model, it's a puppet, it's a, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, it's a miniature. <laughs> like, I'm like, oh, I don't care if it's... <laughs> oh, I love that. I love that they made that. There's yeah, this absolutely. weird thing yeah, of yeah. like, oh, I love the camp of this. The camp, I love the camp the... is appealing to me too. Yes, the, and I love the way they use shadows to cover things. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I'm just like, I can still see the string, yeah. but I love that you made that effort with the lighting to kind of shadow mm. over that stuff. <laughs> I just thought that moment where the, where the tether gets cut yeah, yeah, by yeah. the spectre ship, I'm just like, oh, more of that, mm. more yeah. of that. I wish that they'd felt, they more of the Conneries felt like that. Yeah. Mm. Oh, it's brilliant. So we've gone to space. We've, yeah, we went to space. And then we come down to Hong Kong. It's not mm-hmm. really somewhere we stay for, for long. I think it's a really no. interesting set with the kind of... Yeah. What do the, they call the those? beds. Beds? Yeah. They're like 
fold up. Ma- yeah, there's a prop. There is a proper term for them, but uh, it goes yeah. into the wall. <laughs> it goes into the wall. Uh, that's right. Uh, that's a pretty. We really only little... see that hotel room, isn't that right? Yeah, that's that's it. That's Hong Kong for us. Yeah, yeah. We don't see any. Ex- do we see any exteriors? Or maybe a building. We might mm-hmm. see. An ex- uh, yeah. Well, I don't know if we do because I think we, think we, think we cut up. straight into them. Yeah, was, that was in Hong Kong. That yeah, that's Pinewood. That's Pinewood. They didn't go to Hong Kong. Yeah, well, they only shot in Japan and Pinewood. Yeah. So there you go. There you go. What are the locations that stand out for you? What's the number one? Darby, I'm going to go to you first. The streets of Japan. Ooh. Bond work, walking through the streets of Japan. Mm. That's they... an extraordinary um, mm. shot, that mm. Welcome to Japan. Yeah. yeah. On the kind of the neon lights. Neon yeah. sign. Yeah, that yeah. That, that and the, uh, I mentioned at the top, the Japanese gardens. Yeah, uh, you finally got they, one. I got they were one. in there. Uh, they were beautiful. there. Plenty of them. Yeah, they were probably my two standouts. Yeah. Mm. Just those, they don't have like a real a boundary or a physical. This is a location. More no, of a, no, more but of I, a, know, yeah, I know, yeah, I know yeah, what you mean. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. What about you, Jake? I mean, in terms of um, like beautiful locations, mm-hmm. the kind of postcard bond, the travelogue bond, any of those shots and sequences where, I mean, the first one, when. Bond is launched out of the torpedo chute in his scuba gear and arrives on the coast of Japan. And oh yeah! Surrounded by the beautiful coastline, yeah. stunning. Some of the some of the colours in that shot, I was like, oh my god, this is this is art. And and even when when he's sort of making his way, oh this is art. Up the oh, this <laughs> is what art is. Making his way up the the volcano there as well, and you can kind of look down and just seeing glimpses of of yeah, like you were saying, rural Japan and mm. um, stunning. That little fishing, that little fishing cove town. Oh yeah, with just a scattering of buildings. Yeah, and and yeah. towards the end there with the little fishing boats going out at yeah, dawn yeah. and everything like that it was beautiful, it's spectacular. My mind goes to Sato's office. Mm. I thought oh, that yes. was a really classy building, like real corporate, almost lairish as well. He had a few gadgets. He did, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Look it. Uh, but then, I mean, I, I really can't go past the the volcano lair in terms of the location. It's a massive thing. It's a big centerpiece. The the sumo ring. Oh, yeah. Very very cool matches. scene. I was picking. I'm a huge Edgar Wright fan. And I was picking up a lot of early Edgar Wright DNA in that scene. Yeah, yeah you did it, mention th- that. Throughout the film, in fact, that you can see him watching this as a kid <laughs> and responding to it. It's and funny you say that because it. I feel like I've heard Edgar Wright mention this film. Maybe. I know he's mentioned the Bond films, mm. but for some reason, I do think he has mentioned You Only Live Twice there as a go. particular thing. You'd have to fact check. Well, yeah, on well, that. One Good thing luck that, on that. One yeah, thing that Ed- Edgar does is uses his soundscape. To inform his story, you know, like in, for example, in you guys know this, but in Shaun of the Dead, you know that the pinballs going off to pinball machines going off to underscore character moments or revelations or you yeah. know questions, queries. It's all there in the sound. It really helps the viewer yeah, without the realizing. Oh, exactly. The audience, ah, the audience in the sumo wrestling ah, ring, reflect. They were supporting Bond's conversation. It was yeah. brilliant. Yeah. And I would say again, I'm making a lot of these claims, and I'm probably wrong because I think like the work of Jacques Tati around a similar time, he was maybe playing in similar territory. Yeah, very true. But this is kind of this seems 
Le Samurai. Groundbreaking. Right? No, he was more the Mon Uncle series, you know, oh, yeah, the yeah, very yeah. Chaplin esque. Who was sort of. uh, who was Bond? That was John Mr. Bean. Melville. Uh, Melville. 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 Yeah, yeah, another hero. Yeah. Rowan Atkinson drew a lot from Tati for oh, creating Mr. Bean. Yeah. Oh, really? Mm. Great clown actor. But he used the, he used. But Rowan sound Atkinson a lot. has a bit of a tie to the Bond films too. Oh. Mm. Outside of Johnny English. Outside of Johnny English, yeah, he's in Never Say Never Again. Oh my god! So he oh. plays essentially the Q character. Oh, oh. all right. I'm well, in. essentially the Q character. He's kind of like a Q meet. Well, he's not really gadgety. He's he's more like a MI six type. Right. Um, well, that's that's yeah. That's so not Q at all. No, not Q at all. <laughs> you don't know not Q at all. <laughs> yeah, I just said that. <laughs> I just said it. <laughs> As if it were a fact. It was a lie. You? What it was, was a lie. your, as, as our expert in the field? Oh, what, look, it's, it's the volcano lair. Yeah. Um, Tell about that volcano it, lair. It's that volcano, volcano lair cost one... That volcano lair. That volcano lair cost one... Get it out, man. One million dollars. You can well, see every penny. You could. Is that it's just completely construction? Um, that cost? I, I think so, yeah. Because, I mean, there's a lot of extras yeah. as well. I, I, as far as I know, it's mm. in the construction of it, uh-huh. in the, the kind of the building of it. Mm. $1 million, which is Connery's fee in Diamonds Are Forever, and it was the entire production budget of Dr. No. They grew quickly. Uh, absolutely, they mm. did. And I think Ken Adams has completely outdone himself in this. For sure. It doesn't get better than this in yeah. my, my head. I don't think they've beaten the, the volcano there. My what other... Is, what is it? What is it about it? Good question. I think it's the scale of the, it. It's the scale, it's isn't the scale. it? It's the scale. Because you kind of look at it and you go, how do you beat building a lair inside a volcano? Mm. Where do you go from there? Yeah. Apart from outer space. A bigger volcano. Yeah. Like <laughs> moon base. You know what I mean? Yeah. Which is slightly out of Bond's realm. Yeah. Um, the second location which jumps to my mind, and it's actually one of my favourite stunts in the film, is when Bond is following Aki after he gets out of the Toyota mm-hmm. and he's kind of chasing her through that abandoned subway thing. Yes. yes. And then the he goes to she stands in front of the staircase yes. and as he approaches her the the floor gives Get way and he falls down into that the chair stainless Why? steel chute and we mm. we land in tiger tanaka's little underground yes. station mm. I, I think that set's fantastic and i love um tiger tanaka's um kind of japanese q station oh yeah. yeah where we get introduced to all you know all the ninjas training and and oh, we, we're, yeah. that we was see a all the cigarette, the cigarette yeah. rocket which yeah. is later in, uh, kind of included in the plot i was just like that's brilliant mm-hmm. i think the design of all that is just spectacular and anything shot in japan mm. looks exquisite yeah there is something about the way the sun shines on that country mm. that it just makes everything nothing look magical nothing on Canada. earth it's a beautiful place i remember when i was there i was working there a couple of years ago and i i had an old film camera and i was just taking i'm not very competent when it comes to film photography but i was just taking shots every single one of those shots turned out <laughs> mm. like Amazing. magnificent I won't put this in the podcast, but this shot is from the island of Iwo mm. Jima. Wow. 
Like beautiful. That's and that's not far from where they were shooting wow. a lot of this stuff in the Bond films. Mm. One thing that seems to be apparent to me is that they're really trying to convince the audience that these films will live on after Connery. You know, we sort of talked about it, and I think that's reflected in the in the scope and, and scale of the sets, the th- the thrill of this film of kind of going. We no, need no, more. We yeah, you're going to want more of this, mm. and and to, it's and the stuff happening around Bond. Around Bond, yeah. To go, no, no, this can still all exist, no matter who this man. Very is. true. Mm. Yeah, I think it was a, at least an attempt to to prove that to their audiences. Um, I think they were successful. Yeah, <laughs> but one thing on Japan though, and mm-hmm. we might have talked about this um, with Jamaica even, but given the, given the expense of travel. Um, this film was probably people's first and maybe even only experience of Japan and Japanese culture. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that, that, that's the big thing of these early Bond films mm. is that they are kind of the um, they're the travelogue. Mm. Yeah, um, which Seeing is remote and far off places. Yeah, and uh, uh, this is probably one of the best examples of it. Yeah, where they kind of they combine it in with the plot doesn't feel like you're just kind of looking at a location to yeah. be like Ooh, wow. oh now mm. we go to japan yeah you know? yeah oh we're not just watching a sumo wrestling event yeah it's part it's of built into the narrative the story which i think is credit to Roald dahl as yeah. much yeah. as it is to to lewis gilbert it's very tightly scripted very very mm. tightly scripted this mm. um Gadgets are a big thing for you, Mr. Yes. Spear. Our yes. resident gadget head. Yes. <laughs> yes, you are a bit of our... You are kind of our gadget head. And Darby, <laughs> you would fair. be our, our rev head and, and tech head in terms of technical proficiency in terms of filmmaking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yes, Jake, you're kind of our quartermaster. Oh, well, Gadgets are a very important thing They to are you. very important to me. They're a, uh, a pillar uh, of, of every good Bond film. And, I mean, generally speaking, this really felt like a spy film for mm. me. I don't mind them getting a little bit campy, mm. um, you know, because they need to be. They need to be. These spy films have got that sort of element to it, for me, anyway. Um, look, everything from... We certainly remarked on a little safe-cracking device that popped up there towards that was the very great. beginning. It was a really great, simple design in his pocket with a couple mm. of little wires that came out from the side. A little bit odd that, in that Honor Majesty's, the next film, yeah. <laughs> the safe-cracking device, is huge. Although it's because it's got a photocopier attached to it. Oh, that's very true. Um, that is true. Yeah, that's something I didn't think of. It's got a Xerox scanner or something. Yeah, that that's true. So yeah, there's, there's, a, there's, a, there's an attachment to that safe-cracker. Yeah, I'll buy that. Um, the biggest gadget for me, uh, but does sort of tie into vehicles is the uh, is the gyrocopter oh, little, little Nelly little Nelly, little Nelly. oh uh, that little Nelly build sequence oh oh my god when they put it together bloom, that bloom, playful bloom, energy great so they're on show so new still exploring still curious yeah. still yeah. trying things yeah. we get even on location we get a cue scene yes you know oh, what I loved about this field. this film was that everyone's on location Mm. Everyone's out of office, you know. M and Money Penny are on the on the ship on or the, the submarine. Ship, um, yes. You know, even M's got his own office, and <laughs> and even Q's out, and he's got the car keys on, 
and the long socks the long socks <laughs> and the car keys it's very it's world war ii isn't it, it is it's very much so very much so um and still manages to um say now nah, pay attention 007 um yeah, classic classic q scene other gadgets that pop up are there any that come to your minds gents uh my favorite it's not really uh <laughs> it's not really relevant to the plot but it's after the um the giant kind of magnet yes. oh, car up. Yep. And um, Tiger Tanaka is talking to Bond on that little television screen. That's behind him. That's behind him and it's mm. got the little Leica lenses. No, they were Asahi lenses. Yeah. Um, the little lenses on the side and there's yeah. just that tiny little 4x3 television screen. I think the framing of Tanaka in that little screen. He I'm looks good. Like, oh, that's... <laughs> that's a spy film. Oh, that's a spy film yeah, for me. For me I love that, that gadget is the standout for me. I, I love the, uh, the rocket in the cigarette. Yes. Um, that was probably my favourite. Because mm. of the lines around it as mm. well. Just the, uh, it won't be the nicotine that kills you, Mr. Bond. Mm. <laughs> so I just this might that. save your life. They really established this film very early on as, uh, for me, a classic gadgets by film when all of the uh, women the are talking into their purses. That's what's burned into my head. That yellow yeah. purse that opens yeah, up, the little and there's there. a little speaker, and it's beautifully designed little speaker. It's gorgeous design. So that's a great shot. That's that, yeah, yeah. Really is, isn't yeah. It's ticking my boxes. Oh, it's, it's ticking those gadget boxes. It's ticking my boxes too. <laughs> it, it's gadgets to a point. It's also gadgets that are not there for gadgets' sake. Yeah, mm. right. Which I think is the balance that I need yeah. in mm. terms of it. Because I like a good gadget. It's just when they get a little bit like, oh, yeah, okay, when's well, he going to use that one? What about our Japanese gadgets? Our ninja stars? Yeah. Yes, well, very true. Weaponry too, the like the Japanese weaponry. That was all very well-designed stuff. The guns had a, a the, unique the aesthetic. The, yeah, the it, yes. Guns yeah. With the jets in the back of them. Mm. Yes, that's right. Mm. Four dots in the back of the bullet. <sighs> Did they ever get used in the film? Uh, I, I, I think the ninjas were firing yeah, when they yeah, invaded fine. the volcano. Which caused a couple of the explosions in the lair. Yeah, oh, they yeah. were incredible pyrotechnics. Ooh. I can't believe they built that thing and then tore it, it all down, blew it up. Oh, I know. Right, well, that's. I think that's a good segue into talking about the stunts. I mean, just for me, the ninjas repelling down the bloody... Oh. Oh. That, Did you see that shot that for real. coming down from the top of the frame and then you've got the yellow and red guys flowing in in this oh, spiral The colour and movement in all oh of that. My the choreography goodness. is just amazing. The camera work, the stunt guys choreographic, just to create these beautiful moving images. Like, so dynamic. Extraordinarily. Yeah, yeah. I think the stunts, I think the stunts in this, uh, we get a great mix of really understated... Um, do it for real, authentic, simple fight, you yeah, know, simple yeah. fight stuff. Mm. And then I, I'm going to say we don't get one damn jump. We get multiple damn jumps. This thing, in terms of the, really? the setting up the bond, the damn jump, yeah, the damn yeah. jump, one big do it for real stunt. Mm. Like, I mean, well, the little Nelly, um, the little, little Nelly dog fight, dog fight in the air is insane. The magnet, the super magnet. And the, yeah, the Chinook helicopter coming in with the magnet and picking mm. up the car and dumping it in the water. They were amazing. Mm. <laughs> this is huge, huge stuff. I don't know how long it would have taken them to do this. Like, hang on, roll, roll. What are you saying? 
we, we get a helicopter that flies over with a magnet. And I think, how are we going to shoot it? How are we going to shoot it? Well, I don't know. You'll figure it out. I'll just ride it. <laughs> you go for it. And thank God they did go for it. It's amazing. Oh, absolutely. This, for me, is like, yeah, establishing that trope in a Bond film of, yeah. no, no, we need some big set pieces here. We need some yeah. big moments. Because it did. It got me out of my seat. I was, I was ecstatic. <laughs> and and I love I love the way that that um, before the the car is picked up by the Chinook with the magnet, mm-hmm. it, we're kind of in that little Toyota which mm-hmm. is modified. You know, uh, we we talked about this during the film, but that that Toyota car, that the white kind of or cream Toyota car, yeah, yeah. It was that um, Aki drives and picks Connery's Bond up in, um, they had to chop the roof off it. Because it was originally just a covered sedan. A hard top. Um, yeah, it was a hard yeah, top. Right. Uh, but Connery is so tall. <laughs> he can't fit into it. <laughs> that he couldn't fit into a, um, a Japanese and car. And how tall is he? Of the time. Six foot two. Six foot two. Yeah. Six foot two. Yeah. Um, but that the opening of that, of seeing the... Um, the, the, the kind of the guys slowly edge towards as in their kind of bad guy's vehicle. Machine gun hanging out of the side of the vehicle. And then... Aki just getting there in the nick of time, Bond diving into the car, and then that great shot of of Aki kind of revving the shit out of that car as it kind of gets out onto the freeway. Yeah. The, the henchman's car coming oh, out yeah. behind it. I was the like, tight sequences through the streets. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. yes. Like, stuff. what a fantastic little little chase. Yeah. Like, it's a mm. goes under the chase. radar, but it really it's does. So well timed and well choreographed. Yeah, and builds up that kind of sets up the payoff. Yes. Of seeing that Chinook. That's one thing that came to through. mind quite a number of times is that the the pacing and the timing of, of the sequences really built tension well, really kind of worked their way to that big big payoff, big climax at the, mm. at the end. Oh, hell yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I would love to know the size of the stunt team on this thing. When you think of how many red and yellow guys there are, how many ninjas there are that invade or... Like, so many people and stunning imagery when the ninjas first arrive at the at the rim of the volcano oh, and they're all oh. silhouetted there and lining up it was like yeah, oh what a shot beautiful I think we mentioned Kurosawa last yes, week yes, we? yes I mean it's back again here yeah. Yeah. and really in his era as well uh, what was it that we mentioned in Gosh. It was in Goldfinger. Well, Goldfinger. Was it? You were talking about in the in the Fontainebleau, actually, um, yeah. the introduction of Felix and that. You were kind. Of, you kind of very quickly picked up on that um, mm. kind of the nod, I guess, to the way he yeah. uses movement in a frame. Yeah, and that's very much on show mm. here. Mm. I wonder if that's a testament to him influencing really world cinema. You know, it's be a, it would be a big reason that they got to Japan in the first place. Kurosawa, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Mm. Mm. Yeah, you're probably right, actually. Because he opened up the West to Eastern cinema. Mm. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I we, We've kind of talked a little bit about them. Do you think there... I mean, I think I know that there is at least one standout vehicle in this, which we have mentioned, yep. which would be Little Nelly. Yeah. I think Little Nelly is the DB5 of this film. It's the... The vehicle yeah. of the film. It's the iconic. One. I think I prefer the little Toyota. Toyota. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I thought you might. Just because of Bond's silly outfit when he's in the helicopter. 
Yes. Yeah. You did remark that his um his what is it? It's like a beige short it's sleeve like a khaki. button up. Yeah. With a very yeah. wide collar. Yeah. Mm. Very spread collar too. Yeah. A a little early, little early yeah. for the seventies. It is collar. a daggy helmet. It's it a, is daggy a daggy helmet. helmet. Yeah. yeah. I thought he looked much nicer in that Toyota going through those tight Japanese alleyways and mm. that's the search, that's the, yes. the hero vehicle of the yeah, film for yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I think little Nelly, just because of what it does in that dog oh, it's fight, crazy. I'm just like, oh, brilliant. Yep. Great. Mm. Um although I do I did have a moment of going because Tiger goes, Oh, we'll just send up one of our helicopters. And Bond says something along the lines of, no no no, it'll get detected on the radar or something like that. He kind of gives an excuse as to why they can't use a, a full-size helicopter. And then I was like, it's revealed very well. We remarked upon with the silhouette of little Nelly kind of dancing the along the hills there and then yeah. the three other helicopters or the four heli- other helicopters. Mm. Yeah. Shadows. But it was a bit of a moment for me where I went, well, he got found anyway. He's detected. <laughs> so maybe they should have just got a helicopter. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Very expensive exercise, yeah, shipping yeah. a helicopter. Getting Q to come all, all the way, way out just to bring this tiny thing that ends up being about as useful as a helicopter anyway. <laughs> um, but I love it, and I think it's iconic. Little Nelly is one of those vehicles that I think every Bond fan, Bond fan, sorry, kind of goes, yep, that's... That's an icon. Does little Nelly ever come back? Never. Really? It's only ever in this film. Wow. In the same way... Bring back Nelly. (laughs) Bring back Nelly. In the same way that uh, the jetpack is only in Thunderbolt. Right. Uh, But it is so iconically linked uh, to to the Bond films, I think. Mm, And the the DB5 only appearing in Goldfinger. True, very true. And very briefly in Thunderbolt. Mm. Same with the... um, Dalton's um, Aston Martin. Aston Martin. Yeah. yeah. Very true. We'll finally get a, a second chance to see that. So. Oh, thank God. Yeah. God, I love that car. I mean, I, I couldn't count the amount of aircraft that are used in this film. You know, aside from Nelly, you've got all of those helicopters that keep coming in and out of the volcano lair that fight Bond, the, the massive uh, Air Force planes that fly over at the end and drop the off Chinook. all of those um, safety rafts, the Chinook that mm. picks up the car. Helga Brandt's uh, yeah, she gets a little plane, biplane, or whatever yeah, it is. Yeah, there's so many, and and not to um, disregard the aircraft used to actually capture some of those sequences as well that the crew and camera guys are actually operating mm, from as yeah. well, up in the air at the same time. Yeah, very coordinating true. these sequences must have been an absolute nightmare. Yeah, it's absolutely massive, it's crazy. the The level of ambition with this film for me was. Yeah, it just sort of blew me away. Yeah. yeah. Like they're really ambitious. They're pushing the limit. How long was the production, do we know? I don't know. It must have been. I think it was about the same as, as most of them. Probably about nine months. Wow. All right. Mm. Maybe a bit shy of that. Mm. Six to nine months. Talking yeah. of stunts, uh, a sequence that I really love that just came to mind that I think plants a seed um, for, for Bond, in particular Daniel Craig, is the rooftop chase. At the dockyard, oh, yes. Connery on oh, the roof yeah. fighting and running away from those the the dockman mm. henchmen there, and we get to see the West Side Story. Yeah, yeah. the West Side <laughs> Story <laughs> fisherman kind of fight <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that eventually ends. Yeah, you get these kind of circulating aerial shots of Bond kind of running across, stopping, fighting, running again. Yeah, that was really cool, wasn't it? Yeah. Mm. 
a lot of those great little mini sequences in the film as well like when he's approaching the the villain that's coming across the bridge towards him the henchman what's his Hans. name Hans Hans, Hans, Hans walks yes. over the bridge and we push towards Hans then we do the reverse and we push towards Sean walking and then cut 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 as the they the two of them get closer together oh, oh the there tension was, there there was a lot of and that, that shot that detail. punch shot yeah going yeah straight into Sean's face so again that as the playful yeah. element really comes well, through well the fight choreography all throughout this film is exquisite mm. my hat goes off to I think the best stunt performance you haven't put it back on yet I haven't I keep taking it off yeah (laughs) Um, the best stunt performer in this is the henchman that fights Bond at first when he breaks into a Sato Sato, office that man has the most intense physicality I think I've ever seen in cinema like the way he reacts to getting hit by the sofa and 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 breaking the 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 ornament from the desk and everything like he is Fantastic. He is the personification of a of, of an ultimate henchman for me. Mm. Fabulous. Yeah. And you're of course referring to Well, that I think is Dwayne Johnson's grandfather. Grandfather? The the Rock's grandfather. Wow. I'm fairly sure it is. Wow. Um, when you mentioned that when we know, screened it, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna look a, it up, but a there is a bloody resemblance there. Yeah. I know that his grandfather was in the film. Uh and that guy is so good yeah. and so actually charismatic just within yeah. that little sequence that I'm like, that can't not be. That's, yeah. that's him. Oh, yeah. that's it, has image. Yeah. it has to be. It has to be. Such a memorable performance. Just fantastic. Yeah. Fantastic. That's a fantastic little fight sequence. So, so believable. I think it's one of Connery's best. It's really ferocious. It's like, such kinetic serious. energy that you're like, oh, oh my God. Mm. Really violent. Very violent, mm. yeah. I love the way he dispatches him too. And that coming back when he re-infiltrates uh, Yeah, yeah, that little tension of like... Can I get you a drink? There are bodies back And it's, oh shit, have they found him yet? Body? Don't go behind there. Just brilliant. Great tension set up mm. all throughout. All the way that. through. Yeah. Mm. Is there another fight sequence that stands out for you in this? I think Hans is, is sort of trying to be a very similar level, but it's very quick. It is very quick. Um, I, I will say, what I like about that is that they've set up the, the foot pedal being the, the thing of, oh, that's how the bridge goes down. And, and so they, we're expecting it to be, oh, Bond will depress your... the foot lever. But he just kind of flips him over him and it yeah. kind of, it's a nice subversion of our expectation. Yeah. Mm. We just kind of go, oh, yeah, cool. Oh, yes, but the thing they were setting up Piranhas. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Don't forget that pond is full of piranhas. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Oh, just fantastic. I was sad to see Eleven go. Yes, Helga she Brandt. She's a good Bond woman. She was a good She's Bond very, villain. very, very mm. good. Mm. Very good. She doesn't overplay it. No, she doesn't. Uh, any step. Yeah, yeah. She fools you. Yeah, ma'am. She fooled me. Like, I was still... I was like, ah... Oh, I shouldn't believe... When she kind of gives in to... Bond and going, yeah, sure, I'll go with you, I'll go back. I was and like, then drops oh, him off a plane. Maybe. Oh, locks him in a plane. Locks, locks him, in, him in, a plane. in a plane. Sorry, bye. Parachutes off. Fantastic. Mm. Mm. And then brutally dispatched because oh. their organisation does not tolerate failure. Unfortunately. Fair enough. No second chances. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's a tough life. Um, no, I think... I think that she is is brilliant. Karen Dor, who plays Helga Brandt, I think she is 
one of the unsung of the uh, of the kind of female femme fatale mm. villainesses yeah. mm-hmm. of the series. She it, it, it's funny because she follows another fantastic villainess in Thunderball, who has a very similar look. Okay, kind of that long, kind of luscious red hair, mm. the pale skin, a very similar demeanor, very similar look right. in the face. Um, so and and it's funny because in my head, Helga Brandt. And Fiona, Fiona Volpe, who is the, um, the similar villainess in um, Thunderball, I always used to, as a kid, get them confused. Right. Um, but I think, I think she does a wonderful job in this. Yeah. She, uh, does a gra- she does a great job holding her own against Bond. Yeah. Um, you know, she turns on the charm and yeah. seduces him. He's tied and, up in the chair. And, and also has that element of, uh, I'm going to fillet you. Yes. She's like, do you know what this tools. is? This right. is a, a dermis knife or whatever yeah, she says yeah. it is. Plastic surgeons She's use like, it to shave off skin. Like, holy shit. Yeah. How this fucking terrifying that would be. Like, she's a proper nutter. She's a oh, psychopath. Yeah. Oh, yeah. She's a psycho. Like, he's not the first person. No, to be on the wrong end of that. She's got a knife collection. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and they're very That's well signed. looked after. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, I, I, I think she's fantastic. Um who else of the kind of the uh, the villain set stands out to you? I mean, we have, of course, the big one, uh, yep. Mr. Blofeld. I'll say it, my favourite Blofeld. Is he really? Mm. Why? Uh, he just is Blofeld. He is the, the image. Do you find him threatening? No. He's the image. He's the yeah. image. See, I, that, this is why I I love... I think Donald Pleasance is very good in this. But Telly Savalas's Blofeld is my number one Blofeld. Just because I'm like, oh, he'd strangle you. Mm. He would, he would collapse your windpipe with his bare hands. Yeah, yeah, true. Whereas Donald Pleasance feels very... Almost... Oh, I d- it's a bad word to say. Go, go. Wimpish. Yeah. For me. Yeah. I could see that. I mean, but Pat's a that, cat the that whole time. feeds into me. Because <laughs> I actually really like Donald Pleasance's Blofeld. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I like that wimpishness to him. Yes. Where he's like, you do it for me. You kill him. Blah, blah, blah. And then when the chips are down, he has the gun and he's like... Goodbye, Mr. Bond. It is, that is it's, an aspect he's of Blofeld. He's a fucking nut job. Yeah. You watch him and you're like, oh my God, you're not even in charge of your faculties. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 you're that unstable. Yeah. So yeah. tell us, why does Blofeld have the scar in this one, but they're not in on, on Her Majesty's stuff? Uh, so, Honor Majesty's has a slight, this... It's a deviation. It's a, it's a soft reboot. Well, it, it is. kind of feels a bit like it because yeah. why do Bond and Blofeld not recognise each other mm. in Honor Majesty? Oh, of course. Mm. Like, why do they not recognise each other? It almost feels like Honor Majesty's sits outside of the Connery chronology but still sits inside the Roger Timothy Pierce chronology. It's weird. Very strange. It's this is the stuff that kind of gets a bit muddled with the mm. Bond films. I mean, you just kind of yeah. go, "Oh, you remembered that plot point, and then you forgot that one, and then mm. you remember." It is very strange. Uh, the, the The big reason that Honor Majesty's that he doesn't have the scar is that they really faithfully adapted 
Honor Majesty's Secret Service, right. oh, okay. which is their first meeting. Yes, uh, okay. In, so in the novel, prior to so they the just kind of going. went, oh, "Look, it's a Bond film. Just go with it. Who cares? Who cares? Yeah, he's called Blofeld, but it's a different Blofeld. Oh, <laughs> it's it's a bit. It feels a little bit like oh, almost like a prequel. Yeah, yeah, because there was no home media at that point. So it's like, ah, oh, look, yeah, if someone remembers the last film that well, who cares? Exactly. That's what. That's the feeling I get with it. My thing is, and I don't know how controversial this is as a statement, but everyone talks about how the Craigs are a reboot. Hmm. I think every new Bond is a reboot. Yeah, you know, new every, Bond actor. Every new Bond actor is a, is a reboot. Like I think we've 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 touched on it briefly, but. It seems like every time, especially when we were looking at all of the firsts, yes, you know, everyone was talking like there was talk about Dalton was a soft reboot and Brosnan was a soft reboot as yeah. well. It's like I think they all are. They all are. They are a little bit. Mm. There's a, there's a weird continuity, but in essence, some some take what, bigger except leaps. For, except some take for more. More is more feels like they're trying to be like no 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 it is the same guy forget about the fact that it's a new actor mm. that feels like the only one that they kind of go from Connery to Moore yes yeah, yeah that's yeah. the only one that they kind of go da, 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 we're not going to do that yeah but I think you're right actually mm. the, the Lazenby's a reboot Dalton, Dalton. is definitely Brosnan, Brosnan. is and Craig, and Craig is and I mean. Really, more is as well. I mean, more is. is is very different. It's very different. It's very different to this stuff. Yeah. It owes a lot to films like I think you only this, live twice for sure. But um, it's still very different. Yeah, yeah. Blofeld for me in this film is the ultimate Bond villain. Mm-hmm. Really, this is. You know, I'll say it now. If I was to hand out an award for best Bond villain. It would go to Donald Pleasance in this film as Blofeld. Okay, you have to fucking elaborate on that <laughs> because I'm really I don't see it. I don't see from it from a performance level. Maybe it's more what he represents. I I think he's really good in this, mm. but for he me, never I'm connects con- for me in that danger f- field. Yeah, right. For <laughs> yeah. me, I'm I I feel you. I, I feel get, you. I get that. I'm getting caught up a little bit in what you're saying yeah. about what he represents mm. because when I see him, mm. I go. This is everything. You are... Every Bond villain is driving towards you. Yes. Like that... He, for me, is like the distillation of everything. I'm with you 100%. Whether or not... Whether or not Donald Pleasance kind of hit it home or not. Yeah. The the threat and the danger. He's still wearing the uniform. He's still wearing the uniform. exactly. And he holds the cards. He holds the power. I will say... There is an element of wimpiness to him. (laughs) There is. There was a moment where I was sitting there quietly watching the film... And watching him in the chair going... Oh, you could take him on right now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yes, yeah. yes. You, 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 yeah. He wouldn't. He wouldn't put up much of a fight. He can't yeah. fight. He's not the kind of villain that 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 um, holds a very strong physical threat. I don't mm. think. And even when he's sort of climbing into the weird monorail thing, he sort of stumbles around a little bit. <laughs> like, oh, he's not. He's a bit. Dog how old is he? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. He's a bit nana. <laughs> he's okay. a bit nana. There is a bit nana. <laughs> Mister Bun, hold my pistol while I get into my monorail. <laughs> <laughs> but I think there's there's an element to him that is quite psychotic and mad. Yes. Um, that's quite dangerous. Mm, and, yes. and and it's just that high status thing of the the level of intensity and kind of calm and pressing nature that he has over the room, everyone in the room. And Bond is sort of like no no, he's 
he's the big bad. He, he just the way he carries himself. I think that the voice and I mean, you just got to look at him and he's kind of got that intense. When he when he first appears from I love that and he's mm. got that because because the prosthetic over one eye covers a lot. He kind of overcompensates and has his eyes really wide. So the one with the with the scar kind of looks normal, but the one that's not covered looks really kind of. What super wide and yes, overly intense? Yes, yes. You know, it's just kind of like, oh, you all right, buddy? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's and like, I mean, look, without him, we don't have Doctor Evil. Not at all. And with this film, for me, as soon as I saw that lair and every, all of the yellow uniforms, <laughs> it's like, this is Austin Powers. Yeah, it is. The, the, it know, the little really cars is. buzzing around, but yeah. Austin gets kind of caught and he can't reverse and drive yeah. in, in the corridor. All, yeah. It all comes from this film. Yeah. Uh, everything's stone and stainless steel like, <laughs> yeah. even the fact that the henchman has a number you know number 11 it's like what do you think number 2 <laughs> yeah. Yeah. everyone's yeah. got numbers yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's full Austin Powers this film the, the only other villain I can think of is uh, Mr. Asato yes who um, mm. I think he he really fulfills that that role that role quite there's well there's always one of these yeah mm. I, I find him really believable. Yeah, the corporate yeah, middleman. I don't man. really know who he is. No, but, but I don't think we need to either. Yeah. I, I buy his terror yeah. when he when he sees Helga Brandt or Number Eleven mm-hmm. go into the piranha pool and he's standing on the on the stairs and Blofeld goes, "Kill Mister Bond now!" <laughs> yes, yes. And his <laughs> scurry up the stairs. It's like, oh shit! And when he gets called into that meeting, he's uh, just he's like, he bullets. and Helga Brandt are like. Oh fuck! <laughs> we done messed up. Oh shit! <laughs> you got him right. <laughs> um, One thing I, that I'm confused about is um, what his industries are and how he manages to get his hands on the liquid oxygen for rocket fuel. Uh, well, he's a chemical processing plant, so ah, it's right. Sato okay. Laboratories. They kind of ship in and out uh, chemicals, chemicals um, okay. but the chemicals that are actually in. The um, the canisters are rocket fuel. Yes, yes. I think that's. The well, we do get. Uh, yeah, I'm sort of recalling now when Mr. Fisher turns up. Yes. And he's interviewed, and they're talking about working for chemical organisations. And, and I like love that. that scene. I love when Osato is fiddling at his desk, and the screen comes down, oh, and we yeah. see the X-ray, the X-ray, and, 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 and the beautiful gun. composition we see Bond in the reflection. Yeah. 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 And there's the gun across his um, across his chest, and he said. There's that great little interchange where he goes, you should, uh, you should give up cigarettes. They're bad for your chest. Mm. <laughs> it's that great little, yeah. I know you're armed, Mr. Bond. And then she comes along. Do you like along. to take risks, <laughs> yeah. Mr. Fisher? Yes. No, I don't take risks. I think you're taking a risk right now. <laughs> That's exactly <laughs> right. Fantastic. Uh, and I love Helga Brandt's little line of, Mr. Asato believes in a healthy chest. <laughs> <laughs> oh. you got to have that little playfulness in there. Absolutely. It's, the it's, innuendos and the implications yeah. the subtext. Of That's it. the stuff that I love. Yeah. I, if every Bond film had that level of kind of um, raunch or playfulness. Yeah. With You're the talking about one thing but meaning something else. It's yes. Really, and it's the still, double meanings of things. It's so. still pushing the plot forward it's That's still right. pushing our story right. forward as long as it's not arbitrary exactly it's got to be coming from a, is, is it revealing character or yeah. is it advancing the plot you mm-hmm. know as long as it's doing those things then we're having a great time exactly are we having a great time with our two Bond girls we've got Aki <sighs> at the start look I don't think and we really and then are. we have Kissy Suzuki okay. Kissy Suzuki 
is a very physical Bond woman. She does a lot of running, a lot of diving, a lot of climbing, a lot of shooting. Don't yeah, know she who, does. Don't know who the hell she is, again, in terms of her, what she's after. Yeah, she's just she... another Japanese agent that's it's... kind of paired off with him. Yeah. Both of them are a little bit. And the first one... Aki. I didn't really get... Didn't I didn't like understand... Her? She was in. They were in love. They wanted to get married, but they. Well, they didn't want to get married. I think Bond was more like, well, if I'm going to have to marry a Japanese woman, well, let's make it Aki because I've got a bit of a fling Thing. going with yeah. her. Yeah. she seemed pretty up to for it as well. Mm. Yeah, but Tiger going, no, 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 it has to be a has to be a local fisherwoman. Yeah. Who we've already got pla- who 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 looks who has the face of a pig? Yes. <laughs> yeah. I don't get that. I've never got that line. It's just a joke for the audience. It's just all for that moment where we see the the, 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 the two, two older women, two older women, and then the, it's and then, just for the audience. Oh, yeah. It doesn't because really she work doesn't for me. actually doesn't work. Like doesn't work. For doesn't me. work for me because none of them look pig like. No, they don't. And so I was just like, I get it. What? I say that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I, yeah. I don't have a problem with them. I don't have a problem with them either. I actually think they, they kind of tick off my, they kind of tick off my, my criteria in that they're both capable Japanese agents. They're capable in their fields. Yeah. Um, they never kind of fall into damsel territory. I think, I think Aki does a little bit. Do you think? I think she does. Which point? In, in. In, I mean, maybe it's just in the way that it's played and not so much the intention of the script. or Right. But just in the way that she fawns over Bond when I don't think oh, we've quite earned it. I, I See, that for me isn't so much the damsel. I just kind of go, oh, what's what's the relationship there? Yeah. Like when it comes down Dan, to the... Right, to, yeah, it's yeah, not a damsel. When it's the action scene, she's like, yep, let's go this way, that way, I'll jump off this, yeah. I'll shoot that, but no, right. right. she's off, she's not got a the car thing. thing. It's a but yeah, the weird thing where she comes... Subservience. Yeah, yeah, she yeah. comes in and she replaces so, the masseuse and yeah. you're just like, all right, <laughs> I guess uh, this is happening. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you guys got to know each other really well over a quick car ride. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Um, there, is a, um, there is an interesting story about the two actresses that play Aki and Kissy Suzuki. They were originally meant to play each other's role. Okay. So the, the actress who played um, Kissy Suzuki, who is uh, Akiko Wakabayashi, she was meant to play Aki. Right. Uh, and the actress uh, Miyahama, Hama, I think it is, it's Miyahama, um, she was meant to play... Suzuki. Uh, uh, Suzuki. Yeah. Um, but uh, Akiko uh, couldn't learn English quickly enough for the for when production was starting, and so they went. Well, we're just going to have to get another actress because she can't say the lines properly. It's unfortunate, but that's what's going to happen. And they were like, "Look, you can't do the film anymore." And she threatened to commit suicide by jumping off the Dorchester Hotel if they didn't cast her in the film and Broccoli and Saltzman thank God didn't just go no sorry yeah sorry they went hang on hang on hang on hang on hang on (laughs) let's swap the roles and so they swapped the actresses Uh, so they got um, that's fascinating yeah they got they got Miyahama 
to to take over the role of Aki, mm-hmm. and then because they shot the um, the stuff with Kissy Suzuki further down in the production line, they then got um, Akiko Wakabayashi to come in and 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 play Kissy Suzuki. Whew. I think that works out better too in terms of the performances like, they yeah, give they suit film. the characters suit their as characters. far as I know those characters yeah, I guess better. it could have worked the other way who knows yeah maybe it would have maybe yeah. it would have but I, I think they they play it quite well yeah. and I think um, Wakabayashi does quite well in the Kisuke so the one sorry the one that, that threatened suicide is the one that played Suzuki is the one that played Suzuki sure. yeah Wakabayashi okay which is a horrible horrible situation to be in and it's a horrible thing that she felt that she had to do that I as know. well. Yeah, yeah. But thank God she you know mm. she she lived on yeah. to die another day. And <laughs> oh dear, I should probably edit that out. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, I'll leave it. Leave no, yeah, thank God, you know, yeah, I think it all sure. worked out. And I think both of them play their parts really well. They're not they're not top ten no. uh, bond bond women. They don't even get close. No, they don't. But I don't think the story needs him to be either. No, it's fine. I think the best Bond woman is Helga Brunt. Yes. Yeah. Of this in film? This of film? This film. Yeah. 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 It's such a shame when she dies. Mm. The terror in her eyes when she is standing across the desk. Mm. And then that shot of her in the water as the, the bubbles kind yeah. of yeah. rise around her. Kill the jets. <laughs> yeah. Kill <laughs> the jets. Um just stunning. I think mm. she's. Why she's is brilliant. that? Why do we think that she's a stronger Bond woman than the other two? She just showed us women? more of her mind, I guess. It just we yeah. got more of a sense of who she was. Yeah, I think that's kind of what's getting her. Across I think the that's line. it. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah. there's. I'm trying to put my finger on it. That's because I, I'm quite a fan of um, Wakabayashi's um, uh, stuff as Suzuki. Her yep. portrayal as Suzuki. Mm. Uh, I think she does really well. I yeah, uh, that's what I was trying to get across. She does all the things right. Yeah, yeah, it's all fine. And yeah. and so does um, so does Mia Hama as as Aki. Mm. Um, the Aki character, I just kind of it's funny. Uh, you do she kind of needs, yeah. you kind of want it to be one character. Yeah, you do want Kissy and Aki mm. to just be one character. Because then we've got that a longer, we've got more of a bond yeah. kind of building, mm. yeah. And the stakes are kind of, uh, kind of relationships raised. got time to develop instead yeah. of going. All and right, well, here's one person. Now forget about that person. Here's a new person. Yeah, and because they're both Japanese secret agents working for the same organization. Yeah, you just kind of go, oh, so there's not much of a difference between, between those characters. characters. Yeah. It's just that this one couldn't speak English. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. A, in time, technical. the actors speak. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but the characters themselves are equally as capable and have equally as much involvement stake. and stake yeah. in this yeah. mission succeeding. Mm. So and equal stake in Bond. Yeah. Whereas Helga yeah. Brandt seems very uh, individual mm. outside of everyone else within uh, within the film. Mm. There's no one else like Helga Brandt in mm. the film. And God, you wish she was in it more. Yeah, yeah you she's really not do. in it much, is she? No, no she's not. No, she's only got a couple of scenes. What a, what an impact! Huge impact. That mm. scene where she's got Bond tied to the chair. That's a great that's, scene. That, that's fantastic. Mm. All the status is on her. Yeah, mm. she initiates every single move. Yeah, and I love the line 
that that film exits on. The things I do for England. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> fantastic. I mean, and the amazing thing that you sort of, in hindsight, look back on that moment of he's not winning that scene. No, mm. she's letting that happen. Yeah, and playing him. Yeah, she's that. Well, he's a ha- he's time. a handsome fella. Sure. I'm still going to kill him. Exactly. But I'm going to get my rocks off. Yeah, it's a nice I'll, subversion. I'll let of him that. think that he's won this one. Yes. Yeah. She's still firmly in she control. Knows exactly. What she's doing. Yeah. It. She's, she's really playing great. him completely. Yeah. I love it. I love it. I love it. <laughs> love it. Love it. Love it. Um, we then move on to our. Let's talk about our, our allies before we move on to the MI6 regulars. Mm-hmm. We've got a very small cameo ally at the start. We remarked that he had a very impactful and uh, kind of awesome death, which was Charles Gray as Mr. Henderson. Oh, yeah. With the wooden leg. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He was great. He was character. so good. Great little scene. Really yeah. cool. Yeah. Great little scene. Left me wanting more, for sure. Way more. Yeah. Way, way more. Well, we do get a bit more of Charles Gray. Ah! <gasps> a different oh. character. Because Charles Gray plays Blofeld, Blofeld in Diamonds Are Forever. Oh. Wow. Well, it's funny you say that because when I saw him, I was like, oh my God, it's Blofeld in disguise. <gasps> oh, really? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh. That was where my head went. Ooh. Oh. oh. We're meeting him really early. <laughs> Oh, there you go. I th- I can't wait to watch Diamonds Are Forever. Yeah, I'm looking forward to I it. I think we're gonna have a lot of fun. I think we're gonna have a lot of fun with it. Um, I think Mr. Henderson is a great little ally. He, okay. he doesn't have much. He just kind of gives us a bit of a a leap into. Yep, this is what's happening, and we don't think it's the Russians. We don't think it's the US. Blah 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 blah. Great death. Really it's, great. Just stops talking. Mm. And you're like, what's wrong with him? What, what's that? And then oh, as he falls forward, the knife God. in his back. In his back. And Bond bursting through the paper through wall. The paper wall. What oh. I love about that little scene is like, not only is it, you know, we're getting all of this sort of expositional information that's super, super critical, but we're actually getting a glimpse into this man's existence mm. uh, living in Japan. You know, 28 years I've been here. Yeah. And, you know, oh, I just love Excuse some of these the old mismatch. things. mismatch, yeah. He's yeah. like, I didn't want to go entirely Japanese. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. 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 what an interesting dude. Like, Brilliant. Weird. Kind of, and uh, it's a great little in-joke for, for Bond fans. Of uh, He makes up the martini. Yeah. Yes. It was stirred, wasn't it? Not and Bond just has that moment of... Yes, yes, that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> it's almost like he... Which is what... That moment... Some people kind of go, why does Bond just go, yeah, 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 it's fine, when he's made such a big deal out of having a shaken, not stirred martini. For me, it's a big clue into Connery's performance in this film. Yeah, is okay. that Bond is not concerned with keeping up the old appearances. He's mm. kind of shedding it in a way. Yes, mm. and this performance, this film... If this film was then followed by The Living Daylights, yep. oh. I would understand... You understand the kind of... The weariness of Bond. Yes. Where Timothy Dalton at the start of The Living Daylights is going... If M wants to fucking fire me, let him do it. I'll thank him for it. Mm. He says something along the lines of, let him do it, I'll thank him for it. Yeah, yeah. And that's what I'm getting from Bond, is that he's going, I have done so much 
for the Empire, yeah. for the United Kingdom, yeah. and I am getting on. Mm. Mm. And that, it's for me, buried. is this moment of him just going, look, this fella's been here for 28 years in Japan, so there's that element of, I'll cut him a bit of slack. Like, that guy's been here for 28 years on a Majesty's Secret some Service. And he's That's some a stuff. long time to be in one spot. Mm. And it's just that thing of, yeah, a martini's a martini. Mm. Yeah. And there's so much of that within the film where Bond is just like, I'll do what I've got to do. Yeah. The things I do for England. Yeah. It's, that yeah. feeds into me. Oh, that, some that, oh, that, <laughs> that is the stuff I love about this film and why I do not believe the, the thing of Sean Connery phoning in a performance mm. is necessarily yeah. true. Unfounded. I think it's unfounded. Unfounded. I think it's unfounded. Yeah. I don't think it has that same energy that Goldfinger has, but I also don't want that energy. Anymore. I don't think any of us want that energy. No. We want I don't want that energy. We were looking for not that energy. Not that yeah. energy. <laughs> yeah. In fact, the opposite of that yeah. energy. I was very cautious because of that energy. Yeah. His yeah. stuff in You Only Live Twice, I'm watching a seasoned agent. Yeah. Mm. I'm watching a guy who's seen some He's shit. He's in the job. Mm. Yeah. He's well dug in. Here's a question for you. Yeah. There's been a bit of talk between the two of you about enjoying an older Bond. Mm-hmm. Yes. When it comes time for Mr. Craig to hang up the hat one last time. Yes. Are we wanting to see an older Bond? I think you got to watch it. I think you got to watch every Bond grow old. Yes. That's that's ah, they have to start young. Because there was a bit of there was a bit of a notion about oh thank God he's not Randy he's not young and Randy in this one mm. anymore. We're getting he's he's getting on a little bit. Yeah. But you think that part of that important journey is that we see him go through that. Yeah. Bit. Maybe. Interesting. Yeah. I I think it's nice when a new Bond actor is introduced that there is an element of Jesus Christ. Hide your girlfriend. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah, okay. He's yeah. a sexy bastard. And unflappable. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Mm. That guy's pretty cool. Mm. <laughs> and once he's um, done a few missions and, and got a bit of baggage and right. starts to get age and which he changes. Is, which is what bit. is so exciting about No Time to Die. Mm. In that, it's a slightly older Bond. I mean, the thing that, the reason I don't want to see an old Bond from the start yep. of a Bond actor's tenure is because we have seen each Bond actor get to a point of, apart from Lazenby and Dalton, get to a point where they start to get a bit older and softer. Yeah. I mean, we saw it with Brosnan in yes, Die Another Day, very much so. where they were fighting against that yeah. and trying to make him this kind of over-sexy. It didn't work. And it doesn't work. It did not work. No. <laughs> we are seeing it in Connery, which we'll see it again in Diamonds Are Forever. Uh-huh. And we'll probably see it again in Never Say Never Again. To varying degrees, we kind of embrace the older Bond and to varying levels of success. Roger Moore, we definitely see a there's Bond a, there's that a late starts tenure. to age. Yeah. And we really see Bond in his sunset years. How old is he by the time he... Well, 57, which, which is not very old for us today. But you think, but for an action star in the eighties, fifty-seven was pretty old. Getting pretty close to sixty years old. Yeah, which is the retirement. Pretty much the retirement age. Well, and pretty much the retirement age of anyone back in the eighties. Yeah, yeah. I mean, sixty was like you hang your boots up. Thanks very much. Here's your gold watch. Here's your pension. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So yeah, I I don't want to see an old Bond straight off. 
But that's why I think it's good for a Bond to have a tenure of at least four films. So they go through that. So they go through that. Yeah, four, three, three, four, and three then anything to, above is a bonus. Yeah. So do you think three to five is your sweet spot? Yeah. I think. Do you think every that. Bond has to have a um, Randy CD film? No, no, no. Because I don't think just a young film. Because Goldeneye doesn't have that have that feeling. Mm. Live no. and Let Die doesn't really have that feeling. Casino Royale doesn't. Casino Royale doesn't. And Living, let, uh, Living Daylights doesn't have it. Mm. Honor Majesties does. Yes. But there's something about Lazenby's Bond where he actually pulls that randiness off where it's not so predatory. Mm. It just feels like a guy who's, I can't believe my luck. <laughs> there's almost that like kid in a candy store <laughs> yeah. who then a little more finds... Innocent. Right who finds his true love yeah, at the yeah, end of it. Yeah. Um, whereas Connery's Bond maybe doesn't have that so much. Yeah. Look, we're really basing that randiness thing just off of Goldfinger. Exactly. And I think Goldfinger is the one where he gets the most like that. Yeah, yeah. Mm. There's a little bit of like... <laughs> going on in him. Yeah. Uh, I don't think we'll see that in Thunderball. And I, I don't think we'll see it in From Russia With Love. There's a playful flirtatiousness with that edge in From Russia With Love and uh, Thunderball, mm-hmm. but not as not as present. And Diamonds Are Forever, we're definitely seeing Connery back for one last hurrah. <laughs> I'm and really all keen. that means. <laughs> yes, and all that that would entail. Yeah, yeah right. Um have we talked about Tiger Tanaka? Not no, really. Not, not no. Really, uh, no. He's, well, he's our next LA, isn't yeah. he? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, Tiger Tanaka. I find him really charming. He's great. Yeah, I he's liked really him a charming. lot. Yeah. I wanted more of him too. Yeah, yeah. me too. Mm. Uh, I'm glad he didn't die. Yeah, actually. Because mm. he, he deserved to, to live on. Yeah. He's almost like the M slash Q of Japan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got that sure. similar feel of like... This he, is I what a younger M would have been. Yes, yeah, he does. He goes, you're Mr. M in, in such and such. Yeah. Does he have a train? Or does yeah, he, does he have a train? Yeah. 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 What a fantastic I hear you're Mr. Yeah, he's got a similar thing. That he, yeah. I actually got some Felix vibes from him too. Because oh, yes. he actually goes out in the field. Mm. But there's that element of fighting alongside Bond. Yeah. But, um, yeah, a bit more camaraderie as opposed to I'm a superior, you know, in a foreign territory mm. but yeah all of those sort of amalgam uh, the amalgamation of those um, MI6 regulars yeah he, he's I mean there's not much more to say about him no I no. don't want to pretend he's more important than he, than yeah. he yeah. really yeah, exactly. is do you know what I mean he, he's I've always found him charming uh, I'd love to have seen a bit more of him but what we got I can't fault it no. yeah, yeah. Um, he gave us ninjas yeah, thankful for that. and thank God for that. Yeah. Actually, a little shout-out uh, in terms of ninjas would be the head ninja that has that great little scene oh. when we're first introduced to him on the Dragon's island. The samurai. Where he's, yeah, he's in the blue... Um, what, what's it called? A shin- kimono. Uh, no. A shinobu or something like yeah. that? I think shinobu might be the word for ninja, actually, but um, he's in the blue robes and everyone else is in the white robes and he has this 
bloody amazing sequence where he kind of is practicing disabling kind of eight opponents. And then the way he sheathes that katana. Yeah, which is brought back in such subtle fashion. Yeah, no. so, yes, when he gets off the... You um, have to really be looking when for When he repels him, yeah. down and we have this little moment where we're focusing on this ninja. Well, he's not that's like really focusing on him. He's, he's like kind of he's, third over he's the corner. He's over yeah, here a little that's bit. that's true. In a but new film. And we, well, we asked each other, is that the guy? Yeah. That's true. You know? yeah. In a newer film, there would be a whole kind of sequence yes, dedicated exactly. to repeating that sequence in the battle. Yeah, yeah. he's brave enough, the director's brave enough to go, no, it's happening. There is. Yeah. There is. Yeah. 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 He's, he's, my, he's my little shout out. He's the, he's the live and let die cab driver or the. Ah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the yeah. golf caddy of Goldfinger. He's, mm. he's, he's my little shout yeah, he's out. Up there. He's film. up there. Um, our MI6 regulars are mm. regular and bloody healthy. Oh, oh yeah. We've touched all on their, well. their all new uh, ensembles. Oh. Uh, they're, they're Money Penny in oh, her yeah, naval her. uniform. Oh, they, look, they, they feel like my little toys, oh, these characters. Yes. They're yes. like the little guys, and I want these ones on my shelf too. Yeah. In these yes. outfits. In these you know, outfits. that's how I feel yeah. about them. Funko Pop, if you're listening, <laughs> we'd actually like a Bernard Lee M. Yeah. And yeah. a Lois Maxwell Money Penny. Absolutely. And a Desmond Llewellyn Q. Yeah. Make it happen. Let's Make go. it happen. Yeah. You've done everything else. <laughs> I want them. Yeah. And bloody hell, if you give them to me in this form from this film, I'd be bloody happy. Oh, all three of them for matching set. Yes. Fantastic. Q and his little in the field safari summer <laughs> outfit. That's we were so we were talking about this in a previous podcast. I said I, I can't wait to see Q in the field. Q in the field. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 And there he is. There he is. And the admiral. Actually, I outfit. think you even mentioned a safari outfit for I think him. I did. Oh yeah. And yeah. I think this might be the one you're yeah, thinking of. Yeah, this is it. This is the one. Yeah. Yep. There you go. Yeah, I would have. I thought it was License to Kill, but I think you're right. It's this. Mm. Mm, this I wonder if it's one. License to Kill as well. Maybe, he, yeah. Because yeah, I think I said Octopussy and License to Kill were the two. We see him in the field. Yeah, mm-hmm. were the ones that we see him in the safari suit, mm-hmm. maybe. But we he see him in, about in this. He does get out and about in a couple of films. Good thank God. I thought M didn't have a lot to do, but I... It was all right. Well, he nails for me. He nails everything. I, I always he does. want more of him. I yes. just love Bernard Shaw. Bernard Lee. Bernard Lee. <laughs> George Bernard Shaw was George a Bernard Shaw. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, yeah. Very good playwright. But, yeah, yeah. wonderful playwright. Terrible um, M. <laughs> <laughs> no, Bernard Lee. I think I think he nails every single thing that he has done. I know you think of him still as a bit of a grumpy old man, M. I I do love him as a grumpy old man now, though. I yeah, think, yeah. You know this. Oh, I'm it, glad you've come around to that. It's a part of that relationship, I think. Oh, and I said it last time, I'll say it again, Lois Maxwell, she is my money penny. Oh my gosh. Yeah, it doesn't get better than her. She's amazing. Yeah, yeah. she really is the pinnacle. Mm. She is. She's the bee's knees. Yeah. She's those bee's knees. That's she's the knee on too. every bee. It's like, oh, can you go and tell... Double, oh, well, firstly, the code words at oh, the start of the film. I love you. I love you. No. Repeat that, Repeat please. that back to me. <laughs> I think I get the gist. I think I get the gist of it. <laughs> <laughs> and then the final moment where M's like, "Oh, can you go and get?" Tell 007 to come below. Yeah, I said with pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> I love that she has the final word of this film. <laughs> yeah, it's it's so brilliant. Good. I think it might be the only film that she has the final word. Wow! And thank God she got one of them. Yeah, good. Mm-hmm. Just beautiful. What is? Let's let's. Shake it up a little. Oh. What's your least favourite outfit? 
Well, I'm, I'll shout out straight away yeah. that helicopter. <laughs> little Nelly. <laughs> little Nelly. Little yeah. Nelly short sleeves. What a letdown. Yeah. What a letdown. <laughs> yeah. Mm. Yeah, fair, fair call. Fair yeah, call. It's, it's a, a little bit dicky. Yeah. I'm struggling to um, think of any, to be honest. Least favourites. Well, just outfits in general. Oh, really? You know? They don't really stand out for you? No, it's not necessarily the, the kind of film where I was like, oh, look at that, that outfit. Jeez, he looks good in that suit or that, that yeah, that shirt or that. Um, My one is uh, maybe a little bit coloured by the fact that he's in yellow face is his Japanese fisherman on the boat. Oh, yeah, with the straw hat. Well, n- yeah, and he's got the, like, neckerchief and the kind of... Yeah, that's a bad outfit. Henley. Yeah. Mm. It's not a good look on Sean no, Connery. No. And it just doesn't... It doesn't look like a Japanese man. Mm. Yeah. I do have a favourite. Yeah. I think I do too. It's oh, the naval commander. Yep, Admiral Bond. Yeah, absolutely. Yep, yep. Commander, commander Bond. Commander Bond. Absolutely. Yeah, that's a clear favourite. Permission to come yeah. aboard. Oh, yeah. Double-breasted medals. Yeah. I couldn't tell you exactly With what it hat. looked like, but the, the colour palette, I mentioned it before, when we see him walking through the streets of Japan, whatever he's wearing is perfect. Yeah. Yes. It's, it's like a light well, grey. Well, he's got a grey one, which I yeah. think works quite well. And yeah. then when he goes into... Um, when he is Mr. Uh, Fisher, Mr. Fisher yep. mm. he has this kind of midnight blue navy, navy. suit. I think I'm thinking of That's the grey. That's a good cut on him, that one. The silhouette on that really is very good. Oh, but seeing Commander Bond, come on. Commander Bond, yeah. fantastic. Is that First the only time, time we, we see... No, we see that... That's the only time we see Connery do it. Yeah. We see Roger Moore do it oh. in Lewis Gilbert's other one of his oh. other films, The Spy Who Loved Me. Oh. And we also see Pierce Brosnan as Commander Bond. Do we? In Tomorrow Never Dies. Oh, no. that look oh, amazing. He'll look good. All three of them look the shit. It's yeah. such a good outfit. I really, 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 really want to see Daniel Craig. He would be a great Commander Bond. In a Commander Bond outfit. And they tease it a little bit in the trailer Mm. where they say Commander Bond, the world's moved on. Mm. So if you're going to say Commander, you better bloody put him in that outfit. There better be a ceremony (laughs) somewhere where he's dressed (laughs) up. Permission to come aboard. God damn it, do it. You better bloody do it. Parade outfit, please. Yeah, (laughs) You don't lose your rank once you leave the service. Yeah, yeah, that's my absolute favourite. Yeah, agreed. I think the score of this film mm. is one of Barry's best. Mm-hmm. I 100% agree with yeah. you. I was swept away by this thing. Yeah. Oh, this and A View to a Kill and The Living Daylights would be my three favourite Barry scores. Wow. Just extraordinary. I really, really, really want to find You Only Live Twice. I want to find the original soundtrack on vinyl. Yeah, that's one of the yeah. ones I. Sit I mean, I have to get all of them, but I have to get that, that one. Mm. I have to get it. It's beautiful. It's a beautiful theme, and when it when it comes back in, it's it really just elevates that film. It's it's movie magic. That theme it really is. Yeah, he doesn't he doesn't miss a beat in this score. No, I don't yeah. think there's any mistakes. The the Bond theme playing underneath the little Nelly dogfight the little Nelly chase and, and, a, and a piece of music that I hadn't heard before that you brought up as well the 007 thing yeah yeah which is happening through the the magnet chase isn't it I think so yeah yeah dun 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 
which I really mm. would really, really, really hope that Hans Zimmer Ooh, it seems works, up his alley. works in a little bit. Mm. If Nomi in No Time to Die is 007, yeah. I would really love just a little... I don't want the full thing. Yeah. I want a little nod or allusion to mm. the 007, 007 thing. thing. Mm. Because we haven't heard it. I actually think... This might be the last film we hear it in. Really? Wow, we're really this, early. This or Honor Majesties, it might be. Fact check. Jeez. Yeah, fact check that for me. But mm. I don't think the 007 theme comes up again. Wow. Uh, after that. But it, it does appear in, in a lot of the early Connery films. Right. Um, Darby, technically, this film is directed by Lewis Gilbert, who did Alfie. Mm-hmm. The cinematographer was Freddie Young. Yeah. Who had won three Oscars? Yes, right. Uh, uh, I, I think prior to this film, wow. Maybe one was after. Um, two of those films, I know for a fact that you two know and love. Mm. One of which we mentioned was probably uh, referenced in the Living Daylights, particularly in the back end of the Living Daylights. Oh, really? Lawrence of Arabia. Lawrence of Arabia. Wow. He shot okay. Lawrence of Arabia. Oh and then God. the second one is more a personal one for you and I. Oh, really? Uh, if you think about the government inspector, um, yeah. <laughs> there's a certain uh, there's a certain doctor that uh, someone calls out for. Jake and I did a two-man version of the government inspector about eight years ago. We toured regional Australia in this production of the government inspector. And there's a, a reference. I believe it was a reference to this Rush, famous Russian doctor. Ah, oh, sure. Dr. Shivago. 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 He shot both of those. He wow. shot both of those. Wow, he's and a then master. the third a one. Painter of light. Christ. The third he shot one. Christ. <laughs> yes. He, he was did. there. Judas. <laughs> uh, the third one was like, when the war comes home. It's it's a strange one. Hang on. I'm going to Google it. I'm going to get to the bottom of it. Google it. Because I don't want to leave that on a cliffhanger and I know I just would never guess that film holding 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 so he won the Academy Award for Lawrence of Arabia in 1962 Dr. Shivago in 1965 he then did a couple of films but he did uh, You Only Live Twice in 1967 Mm. and then he shot Ryan's Daughter in 1970 which is a film I'm not no, I'm not with Ryan's that daughter. Ryan's uh, daughter. It was shot by David Lean, uh, directed oh, David by Lean. David Lean. Okay. It was um, set in 1917 to 1918. Tells the story of a married Irish woman who has an affair with a British officer during World War One. Starring Robert Mitchum, Sarah Miles, Christopher Jones. La la la. There you go. So there you go. That one I'm not so familiar with, but the yeah. other two I am. And bloody hell, you can see. You can see that extraordinary cinematography in this film. I don't know who to thank for this one. (laughs) It's... I think the thing that my immediate takeaway is that Lewis Gilbert injected a sort of vibrant energy into this film, which became a staple. I know that it was present or its ancestors were present in the films prior. They were already playful. 
Yeah. But there's just something about the way that he assembled all the parts yeah. in this film that... I wonder how much Peter Hunt has a bit of a hand in that too. Yeah. Just in terms of him... Second unit directing and, and supervising. And, editor. well, pretty much the editor. The editor, yeah, yeah sure. Yeah. And mm. pretty much the editor of all the previous films as well. And right. then directing on A Majesty straight after this. Mm. Which you can see all the best bits of those original five mm. in On Her Majesties. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know who it would be to thank either. Yeah. It's this... like this holy triumvirate yep. with Freddie Young, Peter Hunt and Lewis Gilbert. They seem just so on the same page. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and supporting each other, you know, in the risky, the risk-taking aspect. Yes. It's, t- it's pushing some boundaries. It's so... I mean, we mentioned already the, the, little way, Nelly. the, the way Little Nelly's built. Amazing. The little oh my God. jump cuts. to. The, the, I the, gave you a little nudge yeah, before that sequence because like, I was like, oh, you're this. like this, you're <laughs> like this. And then he does a similar thing again towards the end yeah. with the pushes towards the little jump cuts forward. Yeah, when Bond's oh, in the life raft. Yes. When Bond's in the life raft. Yeah, that's that's, that's right. sort of playful energy. Love it. I loved this film. Oh, well, it's time to get to our... Our ratings, our baby. Ratings. Darby, Ooh. you haven't gone first for a while. Do you want to go first? No, no, no. no. I really don't. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, this was me having fun in a Bond film. This is exactly the Bond film I wanted to watch tonight. Yeah. With what's been happening lately, you know... Well, Die Another Day, Goldfinger. Yeah. They were... These are t- I mean, Goldfinger was not on the level of Die Another Day. No, no, no. It was no. a bit of a... It was solid. Mm-hmm. This just gave me everything I wanted. I feel like if I had watched th- three Bond films of this type prior to this one, I wouldn't be looking at this one more favorably, as favorably as I am. Oh, it's I because you. it's coming a little bit... As I said at the top, you know, what I'm looking, my preconceived notions, is a refreshing for Connery. Mm-hmm. And because it gave me that tonight, I just I had so much fun. There are a few weak elements. It was so technically polished... Connery was so engaging. It was a great Bond film. I'm going to give this one a shake and nine. <gasps> well yeah. done. Mm, yeah, this is up there for me. This is up there for me. Can I go next? Absolutely you can. I am going to say, I'm going to try and keep it pretty brief. Mm. I think this is my favourite Connery performance that we've seen so far. Yep. And in my memory, it's my favourite Connery performance. Ooh, yeah. I I was never not having fun in this. It's the right balance of um, one-liners. It's the right balance of kind of grittiness. It's the right balance of gadgets, of action sequences. It gets the balance right. All the characters feel like they're there serving the story and the plot, but they also feel like they're serving the Bond archetypes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, Roald Dahl nails the script. Uh, every single one of the actors is fantastic. The cinematography is... Mm, mm, yes, I please. <laughs> uh, and direction, fantastic. This, for me... Don't forget Ken. Ken Adams, set design. Oh, my God. How could I forget that? That is... That's the crowning glory mm. of this film. This film is a shaken eight for oh. me. It's a shaken eight. And this thing is knocking on the top five. Ooh, look out. I'm really... I think this might be my favourite Connery. Mm. Ooh. Ooh. Wow. Ooh. Yep. Well, to be determined. Mr. Spear. Mm. Yes. 
well after a bit of a frosty relationship with Connery over the past couple of films I'm, I'm very happy to say that this is the best Connery performance I've seen for me this film ticks all of my boxes cheeky <laughs> it's I mean I was so excited to be oh, I was just shouting and whooping and you know just there like, was nowhere uh, we would rather have been it was it was just you know? a perfect night mm. it was a perfect film mm-hmm. I um, raised my martini glass uh, oh, many, 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 many a time <laughs> many a time many a time look I, I think yeah I mean Connery certainly redeemed himself I think he's really on on game here, I think he's well in the groove. Um, the confidence, the authenticity, the um, the ease with which he navigates those one-liners. His physicality is incredible. You know, he handles himself in a fight time and time again. Yeah, all of those characters that we meet along the way are, are fantastic. The sets, just mind-blowing, absolutely mind-blowing. Fantastic plot, you know, really classic spy shit going on. <laughs> it's just brilliant. You know, the world at war, we've got some weird megalomaniac in a crazy lair launching rockets. Um, <laughs> it's got it all. It's just got it all. It's just magic and Blofeld's there with his scar and his cat uh, and his little swivel that chair. That poor little cat. That poor, oh. poor little cat. <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's it's fantastic. I had an absolute ball. Oh, now Thunderball. I've to, now I've got to put a number on it. Like, it's really hard because I'm trying to figure out... Well, now that we get a few films under yeah, our belt, it's really tough. Yeah. Because at the start, I was yeah, quite whimsy. A few nines, but I, I felt every one of them. <laughs> yeah, oh, absolutely. I, I feel like I have been quite generous. Yeah. With, with, with you know, I, I've got two tens under my belt now. You do. Um, yeah, you do. Well-earned tens for me. Do you remember what they were? Goldeneye? Goldeneye and Live and Let Die. Yeah. Where does this rate comparatively to them? That's... Big question. A really big question. Oh, I've got to act on impulse. <laughs> I can't sit here all night and decide. It's all right. We'll edit it out. <laughs> Look, <laughs> three hours later. <laughs> oh, can I? Can't I? Oh, I don't know whether I can. Uh, it's a shaken nine. Oh, holy shit! Well it's done. a shaken nine. It's a shaken nine. Wow. You wanted the 10, didn't I you? I did. I really did. Yeah. I really yeah, did. you wanted the 10. That's just it. so you know how close it came. Yeah. I really did. Wow. You have finally found a Connery film yep. that you love. Mm. Yeah. Well, you've genuinely watched this again. Well done, Thank you. Well Thank done, you. You'd watch this again. Absolutely. Oh, Absolutely. Yeah. I'm going back I'd watch this, this again sure. tonight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I agree. I had it. I agree. It was so much fun. I'm, I'm shocked at how much... I loved this film. Yeah. It's just... It is Bond. It is. Bond. It it's undeniably a Bond film. film. I was thrilled, and that's what I want. At the end of the day, I want a thrilling adventure, a spy adventure. And want that's a good what time. this thing... I want a good time. I want a good time. I want a good time, gang. And the big question on everyone's lips... Is what will we be watching for episode 009? Ooh. And to decide that... To decide that... I will be withdrawing a little uh, die here, placing that on the desk. It is a, it is a, a lovely wooden six-sided die, golden numbers. <laughs> then we bring over the Stetson. Mr. Spear, I'm going to allow you to draw first this week. All right. 
Give it a good shake-up. Nice little lottery mm. toss. Shake it around, stir it around. That's right. It was stirred, right? That's right. Here's one. This will do. This will do. Oh, oh, God. Keep it secret. Keep it safe. I didn't. I couldn't trust the one that told me to trust it last week. So I'm gonna be more. Ooh, be more trusting. Be more. Oh no, less trusting. Oh, okay. He's being less trusting. I'm being less Ladies trusting. Mm, no, don't like you. Well, he doesn't. Therefore, like I should go for you. He's gone with his gut. Mister Deck, if you could hold the hat up for me, so I could withdraw a film. I'm putting my hand in the hat here. I'm doing a little toss of all the. Wow, there are much less films in here than there yeah, were when we first few. did this. Oh, this one just jumped in my hand. So that'll be the one. In the order of which we picked, Mr. Spear, you have the film. For your eyes only. Oh! Yes, yes, yes. Well, I'm very pleased to announce that I have withdrawn. License to kill. Oh! Well, gentlemen, I have withdrawn from the hat. Another Connery film. Oh! It could be three Conneries in a row. It could be. And if it is three Conneries in a row, we would go. Goldfinger, you only live twice, (laughs) and. Diamonds are forever. Oh, this is a good trio. This, this is, is our trio. trio. I'm going to pick the number three on the die, Mr. Ooh. Deck. Give me five. Five. Ooh, I'd like a one, please. A one. I will take a six. I'll mm. take the two. And I'll have the four. Five All and right. two makes seven. I'll be three and six makes nine. Five and two. One and four. Oh, which makes? Um... <laughs> <laughs> I'll leave it to the viewer to decide. Yeah. Well, fact check. <laughs> it's Ooh. three. It is another Connery. Oh my god! We are jumping on to Diamonds uh, Are forever. 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 So, ladies and gentlemen, next episode we will meet you for yet another Connery. Wow. With 1971's Diamonds Are Forever. 